Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome back to the Intrinsic Minds podcast, where it's about how you think, not what you think. Uh, today, we actually have a special guest, but before I introduce, uh, last week we did talk about and begin our journey into astrology once more because we know that it is one of the most important things to be aware of these days and it's growing popularity that we figured we'd start joining the party again. Um, and last last week when we had mentioned our, our love for the, uh, the synchronistic uh, and symbolic language that the universe speaks in and that astrology is the king, the overarching uh, science or representation of the archetypal nature of the universe. So today we are going to embark on the journey into the solar archetype. And we brought on a very special guest, Amanda, who is an astrologer. And what else would you even consider yourself besides just esotericist, right? Uh, mystic, mystic? What do we got? I generally call myself a guide because I am here yeah. to guide. Um, I have been dubbed the Oracle of Reflection. However, I was given that name because I was put in a deck of cards and I was the card, the Oracle card of reflection. But mm. I generally go with, I am an intuitive guide. I am here to be a mirror to help you see what is otherwise right there in front of you and help you understand why and what you're doing here and basically help to decode the language of astrology, otherwise the language of your timing. And I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. Um, and this series is already off to such a great start. The first episode was full of such great wisdom. And I cannot wait to dive into this with you. Awesome. Gio, how are we doing today? Doing good. Doing great. I always got to know, in, dude. I always got to ask. I'm, I'm, I've been indulging in very Virgo fucking energy. and But not only that, though really tapping into we were just talking about house systems before really tapping into more so of the sun in the ninth house if you can figure out why is that your uh equal house or whole sign or is that your placidus that would be that would be the uh whole sign house well no equal right equal yeah either or because in your equal, I think I've looked, I think that it's, mm -hmm. it's in your ninth. So guess, guess why? So that, that would be the house of spirituality and philosophical uh, higher learning, uh, mm -hmm. travel as well. I think that there you go. your excuse was, to go to Italy, is that, is yeah, that what it that is? Was, that was more of my implication towards it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Finally awesome. said everything. You booked it? Flight, flights booked. The places being stayed Blessings. are fucking booked. Yes. Awesome. Your eyes seem yeah. sad, so you're going to feel at home traveling to far distant places. God, but it's been a pain in the ass. <laughs> He's quite literally going to That's the, Virgo, the home country. He's uh, going to the homeland. Well, oh, well here's he the thing, that. though. But, but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm very Taurian in, in nature in a certain way. So it's like yes. things are booked, right? But also did things a certain way where it was like, you know, um, 
you know, my dad had like this, this person and like, that's how we contacted for the one place that we're staying and shit like that. And it was like, you know, over the phone. Oh yeah. Okay. You're booked or whatever. You're going to pay you when you get here, whatever and stuff. Right. All in Italian. But then I resort back to the boss, to my girlfriend. And she was like, very, first of all, Virgo moon, Virgo rising. What the fuck? There's no confirmation. What about like an email? Something like no confirmation. I'm like, no, I'm like, that's oh not how God. it's done over there. I'm like, it's we're paying in euros and like, that's just how it is. No, you need to ask. There needs to be a confirmation. There needs to be this. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. You're right. You're right. But no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you so. know, and that's and that Virgo energy is a trying to your tour. It puts your tourists. It, it gets get your off your lazy fat ass and, mm-hmm. and, and start getting things in order. That's what that's what the Virgo energy is, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Come on. You know this. You're a Virgo too. Don't you need that confirmation? What happens if this happens? What happens? I'm like, I get it. I was she's like, going gonna to pull the bull along the, you know, she's going to, she's going to farm Italy with your ass. That's what she's going to do. Yeah. But I was like, Hey, we get lost. We get lost. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exciting. Yeah, you got the Jupiter conjuncta. But when just is going through that, yeah, actually that would, why did we miss that before our, our little pre-talk? You got Jupiter conjuncting your son oh snap that's oh, like shit. literally but no but you know though it's funny though months ago i i i alluded to that i alluded to that this was going to happen and 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 i alluded that i was like that's probably when i'm gonna actually book the trip even though i was thinking about booking it way before it didn't happen yeah like, you were talking about this time ago and did you even like put two and two together that like i'm pretty sure as we speak I, 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 North I Node is hanging a, out there mercury like yeah there was a lot of that energy i know that with jupiter and like even the nodes and like stuff like that like and i was like and a lot of like getting back to your roots and like all that shit but i was like i i, I sat there and like i kind of let it go because i didn't want to fall on like this i started realizing as i was doing it that i was like let's remember like you can't just say hey like i'm gonna do it at this time this is what i mean about don't don't let astrology control your life mm-hmm. like use it to the right benefit and stuff like that let's not to mention mercury retrograde we just went through like we we're just going through that shit like you know what i mean like there's other things at play too so i didn't want to let that cloud my judgment and i didn't because that was the other thing i had planned during that time when i had noted those things that i was like oh i was like this shit's gonna be going on then and i was trying to book things then didn't happen it didn't happen prices weren't weren't right the value of it wasn't worth it worth all that shit like all the taurian energy that was coming up and it was like i had to wait 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 and it was like you know and with a fucking virgo chirping in your ear that ain't easy you know well yeah welcome to my life now i gotta deal with your ass all the time with the fucking rising signs like we gotta get the right hey, man i'm a lot more easy going no i know no the taurus energy you're like at some point you're like i get uh, whatever yeah <laughs> i give up i'm like yeah yeah whatever. don't forget the pisces moon the pisces moon just is like it's okay yeah i trust It'll be well, fine. And, and our moon's, our moon's trying, our partile trying. So mm-hmm. 10 degrees Pisces, 10 mm-hmm. degrees Cancer. So we, he, we, you know, it's a soothing, I don't know what, and she has a Virgo moon, your girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, so opposite. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good call, Amanda. 
Yeah. So uh, you have an opposition in your side, but that's the, you, I think, uh, the, you know, most Actually, people are afraid of so that. Can but. I speak on synastry and having the moons being opposite? So my boyfriend has a Leo moon. I'm an Aquarius moon and we are opposite in terms of our emotional energy and expressions. We've been together four and a half years and we've definitely had our challenges and our, and our like activations as well too. But let me tell you, it gets better with time. It gets better with time. And when you learn to work with that opposition, it is awesome. And it's the same thing too with like, if you have opposing sun signs, you eventually learn to balance each other out. But it's, I almost find it more difficult with a sun sign because it's the battle of the ego. Whereas with mm. the moon, it's more emotional. And yeah. depending on your ability to work through those emotions, it can be more challenging or easier right well, she, yeah but geo would have the ideal moon for that because of pisces i think exactly. mutable moons are That's probably true. able to deal with that a lot better than and like but i have a card more constructively yeah. yeah yeah but here's the thing though is like sometimes my my immediate approach according to my moon is is too much on one side so therefore, I don't I don't appease to that other way to balance the scales. And this is funny because this is something I learned a long time ago in astrology. Damn, I wish I remember who the hell it was that said it. But when when if you this is the power of astrology, too, is when you know your partner or, you know, somebody that's close to you enough in your own life and you can know their moon sign and you can know when they're in the cycle of their moon, especially a woman, you know, moon cycle, menstrual cycle, you know, all that stuff. You can know what to do. Like you can know how to use their moon. You can know how to just do those things. Like so for a Virgo moon, it's like, yes, be a little bit more like, um, you know, the Piscean side is be a little bit more sporadic, you know, be a little bit more unpredictable in a sort of way, be a little bit more interchangeable Surrendering. and stuff like that. But make sure that you have a plan when you do it. Make sure that you, you calculate it on when you do it. Make sure that you you kind of like keep those things in mind. Make sure you pay attention to their schedule. Pay attention to their shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do those things. I'm not great at it. <laughs> Even with that awareness, I'm not great at it because it goes, goes against my Taurian stubbornness. You know, I dated fucking... an Aries moon and I'm a cancer moon. So uh, and that lasted oh for about God. three and a half years. And uh, wow. yeah, I, I needed my my bum powdered with baby powder every now and then. And she needed to be, you know. She wanted to have like boxing matches. Um, so, or well, on the more passionate side, just hot sex or something like that. So, that was on that end, but you're dealing with the square. It's kind of like, nah, I kind of just want to cuddle. It's like, nah, bitch, I just want to fuck, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, all right. <laughs> Let's I was go. But then, say, but that then combination my is so then, like. Well, we both were eighth house, eighth house moons. So, because she was oh. a Virgo rising. Um, so we had the eighth. So I was like, uh, you know, it's like, but I'd be like crying during it. And she'd be like, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> no, that's so definitely not what happened. My, no, my, my Mars and Pisces would swim with the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is funny, right? Knowing the archetypes of your partner totally allows. Exactly. And in the last episode, we talked about the, just the inherent nature of the universe is that it speaks in symbols. It speaks in archetypes and you can see it. And as long as you open up the door and you open up your mind to it then you will, it will just keep showing you the way and keep showing these things. And astrology is just that it's the, it's the science of that. There's no better science to see the synchronicity or to see the archetypal, uh, uh, in the archetypal universe, uh, the book I'm reading with Rem Butler, he's, you know, he said, astrology is not 
uh, concretely predictive, but it's archetypally predictive. Mm-hmm. And that's what you could start seeing that. And then having a partner is, oh, you get to see the mirror of their chart every day because you're talking to them every day. You're with them every day. You do think you're going, you know, you travel with them. You get to see all the different aspects of them. And that opens just, it just, you just keep opening up the door. Now I'm a Sag rising. So I immediately like open the door, swing open. And I just kind of yell and like, what, you know, what's going on here? You know, and I just want to check and see everything and start playing with it all. Gemini Sag, you know, like just, and that's and that's a, a beautiful part, and that is the power of astrology, and and knowing uh, not the physical DNA but the spiritual DNA of a person, and uh, mm-hmm. you know that's why we want to expand on each yeah. and every archetype within conversation. Better, what better way than to kick off this series with the sun, especially as something with maybe more maybe more of the advanced viewers who kind of got past the sun sign astrology thing, like oh wait. It's 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 like that fucking Billy Mays. Oh, wait, there's more like mm-hmm. when it comes to this and I'm discovering it when really getting into more of the multi metaphysical understanding of the sun, which we'll get to and stuff. But, you know, but th- this is this 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 is good when it comes to that. We're giving you some, you know, precursor examples right now with some things in the chart within the chart. And we'll give you more with our charts and other different aspects according to the sun as well. Thank you, Ray, for, you know, providing us with that remembrance to do that. Um, but, yeah, this this is going to be good. This is going to be a good series. And Amanda's going to join us on many other ones. I don't give a shit what she says. She's going to join us on many other ones. She'll probably join I'll us. I'll probably on the moon be one here too. a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, she'll I'll be, be get used to it. Get used to it because like it'll it'll be it'll be good. It'll be healthy. But I'm for also um, a grand crosser with a lot of Piscean energy, so I might be there and then I might not be there. But I think I'm hey, gonna be that's, there. So. That's that's what it is and stuff. But before it anything, goes. make sure you like this video. Like this video. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Because guess what? This is gonna be good. It's gonna this is gonna get out there. It's, this this needs to be understood a little bit more. We need a little bit more multi dimensional like shit when it comes to the the we need to like yeah, be able to time. integrate some of this stuff you know not just uh, oh who's my lover who's my this who's my that yes like, getting away from the cookie cutter basic yeah. like fee fi fo fum that we're yeah. seeing all over social media and getting to the guts of it because it's about damn time and i know a lot of us and a lot of folks that discovered astrology especially like around like 2019 2020 it took that really big boom a lot of people have been studying you know they've been taking their notes checking them over getting to know their Mm -hmm. charts people are ready for more advanced content let's do it let's go let's let's define this earth plane and explore different planes as well it's time yeah Yeah. and you know my my sagittarian layer to this would be bringing in the uh, bigger picture the idealism the like the philosophy of astrology also the esotericism a lot of people don't i want to be bringing up a lot of bill donahue's work in this series and mythology and uh more of the syncretism aspect because i think that's the part we're missing like it's the esoteric because even in the astrological realm when people say uh, esotericist or I study esotericism or if, if they do say that at all, a lot of people still look at the exoteric version, meaning like, you know, can I be dating at this time? Is my job going to come? Is my money going to come? And that all works. It's all a beautiful thing. It's, I think it's a great, you know, it's like a K through six type of astrology where you're looking at your life and being able to know the cycles and knowing what's coming in the physical. Well, but you, you can't also- be the baby a steak. 
you literally can't feed a baby right. a steak. You need to start with baby mm-hmm. food and then they get into solids and then they eventually get are able to eat an apple and then eventually they get old enough teeth to eat the full meal. And that's essentially what this is. This is the steak. Yeah, yeah. Unless I mean with the teeth thing, unless you're you have a Saturn in the second house and you start losing them at thirty-three, then you know, whatever. Um no, no. No, well, that's I'm I'm dealing with that. Like my molars are gone. Um but uh but yeah, no, really. That and that's an exoteric, by the way, exoteric way of, of seeing it. But yeah, yep. and that's uh, that's I think because I explained last week when we were talking about you know what like got us into it and all of that. And for me, it was the esoteric, like the the mandala. The mandala of astrology, where you look at, say, just like the solar archetype, and then you notice all the mythologies. You you could see the archetype play out in movies, of course, and that's an easy one, hero's journey, right? But like you you see the mandala of things that go on within the body, go on within nature, go on within the soul, the conscious mind, and all that stuff. Where it's like you could see it as just a solar principle, where you could see it as the sun being life giving, being in character, and all that. But there's just so many. It's a mandala. You could literally stare at it. And observe that archetype and principle, and you could then start peeling that just just for one part, just for one symbol, peeling back that onion. Ray, you literally are on the same page as me. So, I created an ebook. It's it's more of a workbook than anything, but mm. I created something called the Eight Step Method because I've just kind of developed my own personal practice around when I dissect a natal chart. And the first step before even diving into what you think you should dive into is always to observe, to literally Mm -hmm. meditate on the mandala, meditate on the alchemy of your soul and what it is that you're looking at. That's really interesting. That's a really interesting perspective because I don't often hear people state that that's what really got them in. Normally it's like, for me, it was my moon sign. Discovering my moon sign, I was like, oh my God, I'm seen. But well, <laughs> and, you, and you heard me and you heard me say before that I couldn't really kind of pinpoint I had a Gemini moment where I like and I, I'm like yeah maybe it was my rising yeah it was like because the Sag because I'm the big thinker and yes. all that and all that but it was more Glad of you the, sat with it. it well yeah and so now that you're but you're now that we're we're ping pong in this it, it really was more so the like the nature of life and the cosmology and everything of reality and the, like the existence itself and the big question. And then seeing the fractal nature of the mandala, seeing things break down as connected all over and seeing things as deeper and the symbolism. And I got to thank Bill Donahue, Bill Donahue and Santos Bonacci, of course. And then, you know, that, that, all that stuff came first. And then I had said, when I'd watched Zeitgeist and I saw the religious aspects that were parallel to astrology and all of that. And I go, oh, and then there's the biblical stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then I got into the horoscopes. Then I was like, okay, th- th- this is the way the universe talks. I get it now. Like I'm starting to see how everything kind of plays out and is interconnected on a more symbolic nature. And that's, and to be honest with you, that's why it does sound like a Sagittarian way to kind of like squeeze your way into this stuff. I had it. So let's, let's, let's hit both of you guys. What was the thing that really, was it just solar sun sign astrology that was like, I love this and I believe in this and this is what, or you guys, I, you did, ex, you know, exaggerate a little bit on the moon sign. Was it that what it, it was, it was the way it hit the way you felt like that's what it sounds like. Yes. I, I'll give you a little bit of a story time because my Mercury and Pisces in my ninth house can only speak actually equal house eight. It's eighth house with. Placidus is ninth. Either way, I speak in metaphors. So sure. here we go. I'm in college. I'm in my second semester of studying massage therapy. And of course, I hang out with all the yoga teachers and hippies. And at this point in time, it's 2017. 
I'm in the process of bridging my social work kind of more 3D career into more of a holistic passion. At that point, I'm in the kind of in the process of waking up. I already had a bit of awakening and, you know, I'm dabbling my toes into a bunch of different pots, but I was mainly focused on energy healing and tarot at the time. And so I remember sitting with my friends, we were literally, it, it was like a fun lecture. So there wasn't really much going on. And we were just sitting in the back of class. Yeah, I was a bit of a shit disturber, even in college. Um, but we're talking, we're talking, and they're literally looking at their birth charts on their phones, but they're using like cafe astrology, because that's really all there was available. There weren't really any cool astrology apps at the time. And they were like, Oh, Amanda, what's your what's your chart? What's your sun moon rising? And at the time, I hadn't heard of that. And this is like, Sorry, it's 2016 I was in college. That's right. It was like September. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I had done this. Okay, I had to go back for a little bit on time. And I was just like, what do you mean? Like sun, moon, rising. All I knew at that point is that I was at Pisces. And again, just like Ray was saying earlier, you never fully resonated with being a Gemini. You were like, ah, mm, mm. and for me being a Pisces, I was like, I'm a little, uh, mm, I'm not so wishy-washy as this describes, you know, like, I'm not such a big sap, I'm pretty logical, you know, I'm kind of weird, kind of fits the description, not really, and I knew my birthday was on February 20th, so I kind of suspected that I might have been on the cusp, all right? As it turns out, let me tell you, I actually kind of was, and when they pulled up my chart, I knew all of my birth details. First thing she goes, she's like, oh, you're basically a new moon, baby. Your sun is in Pisces, but you're barely a Pisces. Your moon's actually an Aquarius. But then she goes on and she makes a scrunchy face and she goes, you have a lot of squares. And then they were like, she, she like smiled. She she didn't really know how, what to tell me, but she was just like, you should look into astrology. Just like smiling at me, but like not really telling me why. She's like, you should look into this. Because she made a really weird face when she said that. And I was like, why are you giving me a really weird face right now? And to tell you the truth, I had a really complex childhood and upbringing. And I needed to take a lot of time to really reprogram my mind and my lifestyle. And so when I actually went home and pulled it up for myself and just started like looking into... I didn't even go into any of the other placements. I just looked at the sun and the moon because I was like, wait, she said something about my moon being an Aquarius. And I was like, I always kind of felt like an Aquarian. So I started looking into it and I realized now I know better. My sun is at two degrees Pisces. My moon is 24 degrees Aquarius conjunct Saturn by two degrees. But what was the additional kicker was looking into my sun moon placement. And at the time I was looking at tropical. So I, I see my, um, not just tropical, but Placidus house system, sorry. When I look at the Placidus house system, system, I see myself within like the more 3D matrix, mundane, um, mundane situations that we live with. You know what I mean? Like the more like relationships, uh, family, friends, job, career, you know, everyday typical stuff within the earth plane. And at the time it resonated with me big time because the eighth house and having my moon in Aquarius at the time, realizing just certain emotional reactions that I used to have with things and how they didn't always fully match up with the sun in the Pisces. I was like, wow, I actually feel really seen right now. And so I took a lot of time to dissect my big three. And then I eventually got more into the whole chart. I eventually started being mentored by an astrologer. So it's funny because my studies in astrology were never formal. They were always with a mentor. And I always studied with a mentor and that's how i learned about astrology through studying my own chart and getting to know it um but it all started with discovering my moon conjunct my sun and saturn in the eighth house that was like really 
eye-opening for me. And then, of course, the cherry on top with my cancer ascendant and having so many sinistry aspects with my family with with cancer. It's it's insane. That was a whole other thing, too, that just really convinced me there was something really brilliant with astrology. And honestly, it's what really led me to want to redefine my passion for helping people. I was never happy with being a social service worker. I had a really hard time working with kids within the system and never fully being able to get them out of it because all the things I used to have to offer were literally, let's put a square peg on a round hole and deal with it. No, every single one of us have a different, unique need that is totally 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 special for you and i realized like okay just by understanding this piece of the puzzle not even the full picture i now know that there is something out there for me to help me help myself and that was inspiring um and it's been seven years going on seven years probably this fall i think that i've been studying this language and i will never look back and it's only grown from that point. And I'm, again, stoked to be with you guys and um, diving deep into all these different roles and archetypes. So, yeah, and likewise, yeah. you know, we're glad. I think we're learning to ha- the involvement, like having Brandon on uh, two weeks ago and all that. Just having this, being able to have conversations with other people, and that's, I guess, it is the point of our podcast. You know, intrinsic minds yeah. isn't some egotistical saying. Well, we are, we are the most valuable minds in the universe. You know, it's not like that. You know, it's about picking the brains of others and having that. And what I also took from that, which is a great little uh, mini lesson of this talk before we've even touched on what the sun is and all of that is as much as the sun, like, you know, it's the most known and it's the easiest to gravitate to when you're first learning this stuff on a basic level um, that other things will get you like other is what I'm learning already from this is the other aspects that you, you see are going to feed that solar archetype that you have. And when you, when you see the chart for what it is or what's most relatable to you. So if it was your moon and Saturn and all of that, or anything else that you see in your chart, that's going to help you kind of see it more and really peel back the onion on that. And then you'll be able to enjoy this a lot more and see the value in astrology opposed to just, I, I, uh, real quick, let me correct myself from last week. I said people read magazines. No, they don't. But I, I had made the correlation like, oh, 17 magazine type astrology, which, yeah, yeah, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that was really a thing or newspaper astrology. But really, it's just the way of seeing it like that and that bland, just sun sign astrology. You're going to find so much more when you go start studying it deeper or go, or go talk to an astrologer and understand the language. So had to throw that in there. Sure. Uh, yeah. Gio, what, what, what got you? So, so something that you said too, was like that whole thing of, 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 uh, and we talked about it earlier too, was this whole like recognition of like that first sign indulgence. And this will lead to the whole, uh, you know, sun uh, archetype, sun, sun indulgence that we're going to do. Right. But like, you know, that first sign thing, that denial, that denial that we had, right. Most people, it's their sun sign. Like that, that, that's what, that's what they came into. That's the first thing that they knew. And then denying, I'm not exactly this way, whatever, especially people that are not so uh, inclined to agree or go into the astrology for, you know, when they're introduced, but that's the thing though. It's like, that's the thing that of importance, uh, importance that I think that 
needs to be recognized and become aware of is that the fact that it's like you're not resonating with that why aren't you are you asking the questions afterwards why aren't you resonating with that is it a refusal is it is 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 this your own ego coming into play because it doesn't want to acknowledge this inferior part of, of which that you've labeled inferior right subconsciously in a sort of way Put this part of yourself down, but this is probably one of the most active parts of yourself. Well, this mm-hmm. is something that looking deeper into the sun, like we're going to go into, I think is going to actually help you come to that awareness, help you come to. And then, and then once you do that with just your son and you do just your chart, which that's, that was like the big pivotal moment for me when it came to astrology was the, the, the letting go of allowing information to be pre- pre- presented to me and not refusing any of it, not denying any of it. When astrology was presented to me that I was at such a vulnerable state and such a, um, all that when you're very uh, submissive. Okay. Receptive. Very sum- yeah. Receptive, better word rather than submissive, but I was in a submissive yeah, I, I don't state. feel like I was putting you in submission, but just saying, Hey Gio, check this app out. You yeah, know, I was receptive, receptive, but because I was submissive, my normal egotistical self would not have been that receptive. Okay. Yeah, I had sense. to be submissive. I was in a submissive state. So this is for anybody who, who is at a down and a low point in their life, or maybe they just feel like that their confidence is shot to hell and stuff. Well, astrology could get you back on the track. I'm telling you what, it really can. You say that. Yep. Because when I discovered, when I actually pulled up my chart for the first time, like after I finished that class and I looked into it, I was living with a partner at the time. Like I was living with a boyfriend and I was like, not happy and i was like i know i gotta go like the relationship was super toxic i was like i'm not happy i gotta get out of here and i i'm not feeling validated and it was like the beginning of me realizing my my power and that was like a relationship that just sort of forced me to dilute that and yeah starting to look into that really gave me the empowerment to see myself as who i really am away from all Mm -hmm. this fluff society tries to put on you and define you You as you gotta look past the superficial self you gotta look past the physical self and not just and not just the sun but we're once again this is this is a also you know we we had our initial episode and we've kind of alluded to this already and we've went in depth enough about this but we're going to constantly reinforce because that's the whole point is the you know ray you said it in the last episode this is about understanding the faculties and the uses of this as empowerment as not just some instant gratification thing not as just some sort of fluffer to to boost your ego that's not what it's about it's about getting your ego in check it's about using your ego idea of ego death like yes there is a death aspect to everything that we deal with it's always about the death Right. And this is something that's why, like, introductory, this is a little bit like in your face because, like, sun is very representative of death, even though that's controversial in a way because we know sun to be life. But, like, uh, let's, let's, let's shift in that way. Let's get into understanding the sun, the archetype, the symbolism, the mythology, the allegory. 
stuff like that even the astrological implication so so let's let's kick it off this way amanda and then we'll switch it off right to ray and stuff give us some of the the basic basic understandings right with your own implication of it even more of the sun what it represents the astrology the archetype let's let's go into that Okay, so I have a few different ways that I like to look at the sun, but the sun at its essence, if you're looking at it astrologically in terms of self-awareness, if you look at your natal birth chart, um, like a manuscript to like the TV series of your life, all the planets represent different roles. The zodiac animate those roles with their unique archetypes. And depending on where those planets are placed within the houses, they animate the themes that are more present. So the sun is your leading role, Okay. It's the star of the show. It's leading the way. It's how you act. It's how you, it's how you create. It's how you move through this world. It's what you're inspired by. It's basically like the main theme. That's the way I see it. It's interesting too, because depending on which house the sun is in, your connection to your sun sign might either be really, really enhanced and expansive and exasperated, or it's really muted. Because I can't tell you how many times I've met a Leo, for example, that's a 12th house Leo, and they're like, basically like a sad little Eeyore and they don't resonate with their sun center. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I wonder why. You find out they're a 12th house Leo aspected with Chiron conjunct. It's like, oh, okay, there you go. So realizing that the sun, even though the sun with a certain archetype, okay, you can look at it as a, as a certain cookie cutter way. But then when you go above looking at just the role of the sun and you see how the sun is related to other roles in your chart, all of a sudden you start to see the alchemy here. And so what I find interesting about the sun is that it's also connected to your awareness. So energetically speaking, the sun and the moon, which are the luminaries, again, the moon we're not going to talk much about in this specific episode, but the sun and the moon energetically are connected to your third eye. When you get to understand the third eye, you get to understand that it has everything to do with pattern reception, understanding conscious and subconscious uh, recognition, and it's also just understanding how your mind works. And so when you look at the sun, you look at how your conscious patterns work. Now, moving away from the self and looking at the collective, we also collectively, the most common system we use is tropical astrology. And we still use the same system um, of the equinoxes that we have for the last 2000 years. So technically, the pattern of the sun and the 365 day cycle of the sun also mirrors the cyclical growth and progression of our own human nature. And we see this within the seasons. We see this within nature. We see it within ourselves. Because let me tell you, as a Pisces, I absolutely thrive in Cancer season or Scorpio season, for example. But the second I hit like Gemini season or Sag season, all of a sudden everything goes spaghettio. And why? Because I have certain aspects there and relationships there. And that's when you get to know your place as the sun being your leading role within your day-to-day -day life, but also within the collective standpoint of things. Getting to know your sun sign can also help you to understand your conscious cyclical nature and how you think and how certain patterns might be exasperated, activated, or blocked at certain points. And so... I find it really interesting, too, because the sun, again, getting away from understanding our own personal patterns, nature is always a mirror of the sun. And all of the symbolism of what happens through the sun cycles. And again, we look at the archetypes of the zodiac to measure the different expressions of the sun around the ecliptic from the esoteric archetypal perspective. Now, in terms of a more like 
archetypal standpoint, there are so many different gods and goddesses and deities that are connected to the sun. And oftentimes, these are the deities that are seen to be as like the prime creators, the prime luminaries. And that's definitely the case, especially in many, many religions and practices, with the exception of more monotheistic practices, of course. But even then, like the sun has been the center of worship for so long. And it's why, for the most part, when people discover astrology, they spend so much time focusing on the sun, um, because it literally is the leading role. It's the star of the show. So that's that's my perspective. Uh, are we going into yeah. looking at personal sun aspects right now, or are we saving we'll, that we'll, for a different... We'll, we'll get, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get we'll, there. We're we'll, going to get um, there. I guess we'll I want to hear I want to hear now I want to hear Ray more of um you know obviously a lot of those things are are going to be you know things that you've you've come into to that we've all have come into a certain understanding but I want to get now your perspective on things in your uh Life's a living allegory, so that's the way I'm going to approach it. And you mm-hmm. look at the symbolism, and if you look at the um, conventional way to look at the solar system, uh, that the sun is the center of it all, right? The mm. life giver, right? So it's the center of the solar system. So it's going to be the center of your solar system and it's going to be, it's going to have the most gravity. So I think on a conscious level or even maybe subconscious level that we're going to be attracted to that. And that's why we get, you know, uh, it's that Leo, you know, because if you think the sun being ruled by Leo, it's, it's what I'm, what people are going to see me for and how I'm accepted and all that other stuff. Right. And how my, con- like, it's the things you can see, unless you have a 12th house sun, but most of the time it's things you could see. So of course you're going to gravitate to that and it's going to be what drives you and what motivates you. And because of that, and it shines so bright, anybody getting into this is immediately going to look, Oh, well my, and of course your birthday, you know, you know, your birthday, it's like, Oh, I was born in May. You know, my birthday is this Friday. I was born May 26th. You know, Oh, that's Gemini. And everybody knows that. So it's like the sun. And it's funny. I'm going to bring something up about what I said about the Bible, but how funny even archetypes play out and how the human consciousness ends up being attracted to things or how we experience and uh, and work with certain things or how you know how they end up showing up is everybody knows their sun sign and you can always see the sun and everyone knows what the sun is so of course in astrology the attraction of that the metaphysical nature of when you learn astrology yeah like the sun everybody's going to see it and everyone's going to want to know it and that's yeah. they're going to want to know what how they express and how they work with other people and how they work with through themselves and who am i and i i i right the leo me 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 i i i this is yep. where i sit on the throne and all of that start of the show and are you and, saying there's a created morphic resonance around the sun i you ca- kind of caught it right i mean like because we've talked about it and it really I, but i would say that's a natural morphic resonance right because you can't walk outside and not see the sun so of course that energy of solar solar energy being just put directly in your face soon as you get into this of course that's the first thing that's going to be brought up or what you're aware of because when you walk outside usually that is the first thing that you're aware of so it plays out right us as human beings cannot exist without the sun there we go we cease to exist without it right in this density The solar principle, also the Christ principle. And I'll get into that later on with the theological perspective of, you know, Jesus being the sun or Krishna Mm -hmm. being the sun or Horus being the sun. And it's the the life giver. It's the, it's the something that shines the light and gives everything to, to humanity itself and all that. So that's your principle of your solar energy is what can you give to everybody. And what I wanted to say, what I'd said before, uh, just a little, little, little sidebar is I was saying last week that 
morphic resonance to the Bible is that it was written in the age of Pisces and Jesus was born at the age of beginning of the age of Pisces. And the Bible is so Piscean. It's so mystic. It's so mystic. It's not very, it's opposite of a Virgo energy. It's like, you're going to have to guess through all this deception and through all these, this foggy, misty way of reading a book. And that was a morphic resonant way of that book being written for the age of Pisces archetypally playing out is this is the book that represents the age and it's even written like a Piscean type of energy. Same thing, like I said, with the sun playing out through the chart. Of course, you're going to gravitate towards it the most. It's what's going to be put in your face and it's going to be what you're going to want to feel on a conscious level to say, this is who I am. So that's how I see the the sun and that you can mm. see the archetype play out in many other things. And of course, we call it the hero's journey as well. So anytime you're watching a movie, of course, who's the main character? It's the sun, right? I have something to reinforce with that, right? With the last thing you just said, especially with the age of Pisces and 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 Jesus and 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 that archetypal thing. Compared to now, where we are, um, even astrologically. Now, and I think what's a big indicator of where we are now is this whole Saturn Pisces indication right now, is because I think the sun is is very much so correlated with just as much as Saturn. Mm -hmm. I figure out why it is, and I'll go into it more and everything. But um, I mean, like we said, the, 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 the sun has been the first indicator. It's been the first understanding. It's been the first uh, a homage to it's been like this, this, this brilliance that has just been easily aware of and everything. And then constitutes, an immediate time in that sort of sense. So, and we know that Corona time, we, we know, I mean, we know that Saturn is associated with time in that way. So even the type of understanding, we can see how the sun and Saturn have a relation. Like I said, we'll get more into it. And I think it's a little bit juicy when it comes to that, but it's super juicy. Yeah, I already had actually- yeah, immediately when you started talking about this. I yeah, but it's, ex- I see, you did, I see you did too, man. <laughs> and, and I'm glad. I'm glad I fucking poked you both in the butt. Um, but the thing is, is we say that we're still in the age of Pisces. Some people want to jump the gun and say that we're already in the age of Aquarius. No, I think there's a dawning to it. Like, like it's been said, I think that there is an implication to Aquarius, but we're jumping ahead and we're getting too eager to ourselves and we still need to understand the age that we are in or transitioning out of, right? So if if the age, and we know that the, um, the age has come in the sense of understanding where the sun is, where the sun rises on that certain point of the equinox, whatever, on a specific constellation and a a sign and it's pisces and it's been pisces for the longest time then maybe and 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 sun being an indicator of time on an everyday level then we maybe we should look to the other planet of saturn which is an indication of time of, of life and death in that certain way which so is the sun once again we'll get more into that and of how it has that correlation but the the sat the, the Saturnian side of it, the Saturnian implication is once again bringing that to the forefront. While everybody else is paying attention and so gung ho on the Aquarian energy, everybody's so gung ho on this whole uh, Pluto and Aquarius, Pluto and Aquarius, all this Aquarian energy. Like, and and meantime, it's like, 
well, are we are we going to also focus on where we actually cosmically are according to everything that we constantly preach on? And 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 therefore, that's something that we need to understand with a deep. A deep reconciliation with time, personally, personal time, personal affiliation with what time means to us, what what our time is, how we value time, right? The nodal point, like we're not looking at these other aspects in the chart in that sort of sense. And I think Saturn's given us that implication. Also, Saturn is supposed to be giving us the discipline in that sort of way. But once again, I think my 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 whole kicker to this is that Saturn and the Sun play more hand in hand than we know. Let's not forget the Sun is ruled by Leo. Saturn is ruled traditionally by Aquarius, and those two are on the same axis. I'll leave it at that. Saturn, (laughs) a.k.a. Kronos, is also connected to agriculture, connected to the sun and the moon Mm -hmm. and the cycles of how we reap and sow our crop Mm -hmm. within this earth plane, within this firmament. It was homage as a fertility, uh, as a fertility god. Absolutely. And it's an earth and it's an earth ruled more by and if you want to go more modern being Capricorn mm-hmm. as well, it is earthly expression of time and all that Mm -hmm. where I feel like what the sun is working underneath the firmament or underneath the in the realm of Saturn because Saturn does rule the physical nature of the realm the sun bringing that spiritual energy through the firmament yes and then manifesting it through into the Saturnian realm but the sun inherently being the all over-encompassing spirit or energy itself lights up the room right it's piercing through the firmament like a projector and so then that's bringing energies from beyond the firmament beyond the saturnian limitations but you do need both and that's why the story of horus and set that's why set would be saturn and that's why horus would be the sun or jesus and that's why we we get the word hours which is just an mm-hmm. anagram of horus where you have the horus scope where you have the horizon all working with the sun um and you could see that of course, being and we were talking about oppositions before we started recording too. So, like that's an opposition in itself, and that's why the, mm-hmm. it's that balance, right? It's the balance of if you're too solar, if you're too Leo-like, and you're too like you know, spe- all you have all the spirit in the world but no discipline, then that imbalance will show itself. But if you have all the discipline in the world and no spirit, then you're just going to be a stiff, and no one's going to you know you're, you're not, you, mm-hmm. you might be successful, you might be that tenth house. 11th house success of being seen as something, but but not have your own Leo-like shine with that. You'll just have the physical look of success. But the real success comes from that solar principle or the balance of both. And that's what you learn yeah. by seeing the the archetypes uh, play out with mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, we have to kind of like not shy away from like from like, you know, there's constantly when you when you go into these communities that it's constantly this. Uh, wanting to go back to singularity and and you know demonize duality and stuff like that, but I think we can learn something through the dualistic nature that's already presented to us in in this sort of fashion that is just co- it's just sort of an effect already. So you have day and night, and of course we know that the sun is like there's no life without the sun in this physical sense in this in this way that we've come to terms with it, that it allows structure 
to our solar system that it's representative of time it's life it's energy it's positivity um power uh, and it's 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 a it's a sense of direction in where we are in our life and what we're doing and and what it is by the means of living and stuff so when you have day and night day represents the safety the harmony the light radiance it's um like it's it's like proper measures of of things and rationality in that sort of sense but then when you get to the night the night ends up being dangerous it's the evil apparently it's established uh, established uh, um um a de- destabilizing of of the certain natures that already were inherited to us by the day in that sort of sense it's irrationality it's darkness it's blindness in that sort of sense but what do we understand just by our own vision? I'm not going to even call it anything else by what we see is that the sun makes that journey no matter what. The sun goes from that visibility and something of our awareness. But once it comes out of that way, dips below the ecliptic and everything and stuff, it goes to that journey of the darkness. But it still is that emanation. It still is bright in I got- that way. I, you saying this, I got to interject real quick because mm-hmm. the way you just described it, and if you think it, think of it archetypally in the story of the hero's journey, what the sun is and what Saturn is, because sun ruling day, Saturn ruling night, the sun is the protagonist and the Saturn placement usually is what would come off as the antagonist. And if you look at any movie, no movie is a movie without the challenge or the antagonist. You can't have mm-hmm. the superhero. You can't have the journey itself. You cannot have these the, the guy overcoming this you know, ha- there's something has to be overcome. And that's, if you look at it in that archetypal way, if you want to see it good and evil, th- that's, I think that's just human play. That's 3D world. Yeah. We need that way to see it. So we can, just like we needed to make God a guy, like a human, because then we could say, oh, if I'm going to pray, I got to like have this image of this dude with a beard and I got to talk to him and all that. So I need the imagery. And that's what's beautiful about archetypal stuff. If you don't take it absolutely literal, thank you, Bill Donahue. If you just see it for the sim- symbol that it is, and you use that imagination of yours to to put different, you know, like we all have little like inner worlds where we like say our motivations. Uh, like for me, it's uh, you know the, the with football. Yeah, I, I love the the Bucks, or I love Dragon Ball Z, right? Or I love it. There's certain stories that will get me. Those archetypes will stick. Like if I need to be like a badass in the moment, I think of fucking Levi from Attack on Titan. And all of a sudden, he's playing out. That archetype is going. Yeah, this is the. This is the shit that I need to whatever. And you you use these symbols or characters or parts of these stories like astrology does with just watching the observation of nature and mm. the sun going from light going back, then, then the darkness mm. coming up. And that that archetypal, symbolic, allegorical way of seeing it saying the, the, the sun comes back up, the hero always rises and kills mm. the antagonist to win the, you know, whatever he's after. And that's the, when you were describing it, that's immediately what was playing out in my head. So I had to get that out. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what I mean, though. Like, it's like you can't you can't know it necessarily this this sort of uh, this sort of journey without uh, or or this sort of um, willpower that is needed sometimes with certain things. You can't know that you willpower without the feeling of that willpower or something initiating power and stuff like that. And you can't feel that willpower 
without visualizing it. That's the whole point of the archetypal understanding in this sort of sense is because it's helping us as human beings of our nature in our mental faculties, the way that they are, is that we're trying to, we're trying to embody that through our rational, logical thinking and our emotional thinking and stuff like that too. But what the shun, what, what, what the shun, what the sun is showing us when we start going into more of this understanding is showing that, oh, okay, well, we see that and we can embody that because so accustomed and, and the acknowledgement of that rising of the sun and going that way. But then when it, once it goes down, we just, we just say goodbye to that power. We just let that power be. We just let it go. We don't know what it really traverses and stuff like that. And it's like, that means that 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 sun, that illumination, that power is still available and still very predominant, but is not the most dominant thing in the underworld, in the darkness, in the shadows. And that's what it's trying to tell us in that sort of sense is that, oh, we need to become more illuminated. We need to become more adept to the shadow sides we need to become more aware of what is actually at hand and what is playing in that darkness and what what is really exchanging in that realm and that realm is the realm of saturn that realm is the domination of what would be what emanates the sun which you can say is the black sun the black sun, the dark sun the sun is the physically manifested it is the uh, understood in the most radical way of light energy source and all that and stuff. But the black sun would be more so of the understanding of uh, the prima materia of what is, what, what has, what is the potential of manifestation that already exists within the unconscious. The sun is the conscious and the black sun is the unconscious. So, but it also has like dark matter as we've been coining it in modern day science, it has its own emanation in that sort of sense. So that emanation still occurs, right? That emanation is primordial too. And you can even say that that gives way. That's why there's a lot of ancient cultures. And that's why a lot of people have been depicting it now that the, that Saturn was the original sun. It's so funny because I wasn't even trying. I was just listening to something else uh, recently, just in my own my own my own pleasures and stuff. I even heard Robert Oof. Phoenix even say about Saturn being the original sun, and I was like, "I'm about there to you go, go off. I'm about to go off. I have and like- we've and Amanda, we've actually we actually covered a lot of this Saturn aspect when we talked about Saturn too. We and did. this is what gave me we my did. notion towards it was just it's like it's like hold on, I have a that i fucking wrote down just so for that point um that the black sun is the source and that is associated with the inferior aspect of the personality and the and 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 the weakness that resides inside every strength the evil in every good action the darkness of night that follows the brightest of days right and it's the shadow of of this and this uh, of the, of this sun, the shadow of this black sun lies, and the greater and it's the greater power, and it's the power of the totality of consciousness and unconsciousness. Where that you have the sun, 
and it's only the power of the conscious. It's only the conscious visible, right? And then, and then you could go into the next luminary, which would be the moon, right? Where that sun casts a shadow on the moon, and that also is a certain emanation. And it reminds me of the whole biblical al- uh, allegory of Lucifer fallen from heaven, the fallen angels, and everything. Because no matter what, this prominent this prominent domain, this prominent ass is all the, the, the oversoul oversoul. This is that whole thing that we alluded to in a sort of way is that this emanation of God, I'm going to put it in more so of, of this biblical literature in this sort of sense, just so we can get really grasp this understanding is that Lucifer comes from this unconscious conscious that singularity dwelling place and no matter what like this is the original prima materia and stuff like that too and it comes down and now he separates in that sort of way right but he is the balance between union and disunion in that sort of way and he sheds his own light right the morning star does not shed his own light sheds its own light and has its own implication towards it. But so matter what still gets its emanation from the original source. So therefore he casts his own shadow. And this is how we can understand the realms of the different planetary spheres, which we're going to keep going into, but we're just talking about the sun right now. We're just talking about the sun. (laughs) All right, I'm about to go off. I've Sorry. been trying to you know bite you know my tongue. It, well, this and whole that's time. funny. You said you're Mercury Pisces. I think you might be more of a Mercury Aries than Geo is. But go ahead. Oh well, <laughs> let me tell you something. I have Venus in Aries conjunct my MC. Oh, nice. All right, so honey. So we all, all, three, a, all three of us do. Yeah, yeah. Venus, and Aries. I also have. Uh, so ironically enough, my fire. I have a lot of fire in me, but it was very muted until I had to activate it. So nice. my Venus in Aries in. 10th house conjunct my MC or 9th house, depending on what house system you want to look at, activated through the roof. If you want to look at progressions, I actually just progressed into both sun and moon in Aries, like literally this week. I fucking feel it. I fucking love it. No one would know that I'm Mercury in Pisces unless I told them. That's what I would say. That's all that's really. I'd say I was like, no one has ever been able to pinpoint it. The impulsive ram just wanting to charge into the and geo just trotting along as a tourist. Yeah, I got making my point across. And that's the thing. And I'm literally like, my My Aries heat (laughs) has been insane. Okay. And this is tropical Aries heat. Okay. This is like mundane Aries heat. I love it. I'm here for it. But let me tell you something. Um, (laughs) My Mercury and Pisces, sorry, we're jumping into Mercury for a hot second. Um, I was nonverbal as a kid. I actually had to go to speech therapy because I wouldn't speak. And the only way that I would actually be able to interpret anything is drawing or like making sounds or singing. Very so pricey. I didn't actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it was only through like storytelling and like dancing that I would actually be able to express anything. Mm-hmm. So unhealthy coping mechanisms were basically, um, yeah, anyways, so we'll get to that with Mercury a whole other time. That's That's a different tale for another time. There's always more. I want to talk a little bit about what Gio was saying and expand upon it, but from a more individual perspective, because I want to talk a little bit about how our DNA has been tampered with. And that has a lot to do with the Black Sun agenda connected to Saturn and the realm of Saturn. However, I want to bring all of this information that Gio has just shared and bring it into our energetics. Okay. Mm. So 
I'm also a Reiki master teacher, but I don't always talk about that because I don't practice Reiki at this moment in time, but I've spent an extensive time studying energetic anatomy, okay? And the chakra system we have is a lot more diverse than what a lot of people think. We have many, 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 many energy centers that are also connected to different dimensions and as well as the harmonics of the planets within our firmament, okay? So Saturn is traditionally and very much connected to our DNA, and that is very much connected to our root base energy chakra as humans. Now, if you go away from our physical meat suit and we go into our oversoul, this connects to the 10th chakra. So this is our ancestral existence before we even are born. So this is like what keeps us connected through DNA, through generations and generations and generations. And then once we are born into the physical root chakra, all right, that's our DNA, that's our coding. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the sun and the moon, they're connected with your third eye. However, we'll give the sun a little bit of a nod to also be connecting to the solar plexus energy center, kind of like our powerhouse, our drive, our, willing, our willingness to go, the ego, right? Now, if we've watched movies and we've watched all the predictive programming um, in our society, there are plenty of movies that, you know, allude to certain things um, and truths and realities that we have been desensitized to. And that's not only because, obviously, the earth and the world is a stage and there's many things going on beneath the surface that we don't really know about or a lot of people don't that's why they listen to podcasts like this but ultimately underneath it all too what else are they fucking with that's tampering with our conscious awareness our food our water our air mm -hmm. the environment okay so this goes deeper than just our physical density this goes into mm -hmm. our surroundings as well as above, so below. That is the principle that Hermes shared with us on the emerald tablet within the earth plane, huh? Right? Found in Egypt. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So, and this goes deeper. This goes deeper. And that's all I wanted to say. And another thing I wanted to mention, too, when you were going off about timing, I no longer feel like we should just be looking at our tropical charts. When we actually pull up the example of the sun, I will also be showing my sidereals, my sidereal chart, well, too. We're constantly talking uh, yeah. in, in, in all these different, you know, dimensions of these different communities it doesn't matter your ayahuasca community the truth or conspiracy the astrology no matter what we're constantly always talking about traversing time and space in some sort of way outer body experience um uh, astral travel in some sort of sense and they all somehow have a way of interconnect uh interconnecting in that sort of way so yeah no matter what we should be starting to understand in these different topics of areas in this multidimensionality of well, what the fuck is time and what is given us this implication of time and in the astrology you tell an astrologer well Oh, what's given us time and stuff like that. And a lot of them in the immediate reaction, I'm not saying that when you pick their brain, they'll go into this in this sort of way, but you don't get that immediately. They'll right away revert to sex on a daily basis. The horary type and stuff like that will go into, you know, the sun, but the sun will also get over overly gratified in this exuberant, and it gets too lost in the hero's journey. Whereas, the, this is my point, is that the sun yeah. has just as much to do with death, destruction, rebirth, 
and everything just as much as Pluto and Saturn does. And that's something that needs a little bit of a focus on, a little bit of touching on. Because now when you get into the mythology, which is something I want to I want to touch up on, is when you get into the mythology of Apollo, which is very much so uh, um, uh, dandelions and rainbows when it comes to more so progressed Greek mythology and literature and that sort of sense. Um, when you get into it, that Apollo you know this whole god of light the god of reason and music and everything was very much so also the god of the divine madness and he was the god of 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 like these these weird stupors and everything and this whole incubation period for prophecy and being able to um uh, go into the deep realms with the oracles and stuff like that like i mean does that just not scream hey the sun when it goes away from our observation of daylight that's how i look at it is i'm like i'm like you know he just was made this benefic thing in this sort of sense but but he's also associated with darkness and night you know there was times in in the mythologies it was said that when the oracle of delphi that he um that they have these prolonged canatonic states it would just um, in, in those canatonic states would traverse these, I don't know what you would call them, but it would traverse these realms, give the Oracle of Delphi these sort of prophecies of what was to come. You know what it's funny is because the sun can still tell us as it traverses the night and goes into these deep depths of, of the underworld and these realms and stuff, it still can tell us that no matter what, it's still going to rise. It still can prophesize the rising and the still the implication of what that life it's going to bring to earth and everything too. So can we not just look at it in that sort of sense too, when it comes to mythology and, and maybe this is something that we can learn rather than just looking at some glorified hero's journey story. And yes, it is an implication of ourself. And this is what I want to get to. But like, this is also the side of Apollo that people don't tell you about and stuff. Not only that, the, the deep, the deep, the deep stories of, of infidelities, of rape, of, of all those things. It wasn't just this divine thing and, and, and the deep mistakes that were made trojan war like all these things are things that have come into play when it comes to when you're talking about apollo and apollo has has this um has this like real um relationship with persephone who once again is of death is of the underworld is of with hades and everything and his son orpheus Right. What do we know about the story of Orpheus? Orpheus is made famous because he went to go down to get Eurydice, Eurydice's and um, uh, and play Hades a song and and it was supposed to not look back. And what did he Parallel do? He to Dante. And he went in there. But in his but in the deeper memories and in the deeper understandings is apparently or Orpheus saw what Apollo the deeper workings of Apollo in the underworld of what was really happening. And in that understanding is that it showed that there is powers within there when it comes to self. And it's something to not get focused on, but it is something to become 
of and be able to bring those things to the surface, just as the sun comes and rises over the surface. And this is what I mean about like this understanding, like this is what we're constantly trying to talk about in this sort of sense. But like, this is something I feel like in your basic journey of understanding astrology and even archetypes of astrology, this will get overlooked and will get missed. And this is telling you how to deal with um, or, or how to optimize the state of, 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 um, of, of the shadow self, right? Of the inferior self, the, the, the self that still exists, the self that is still one with your conscious state, but it's your unconscious state as well. And it's showing us that there is power. There is a dwelling. There is an interaction with this state of mind and everything. And yes, we talk about this with, you know, once again, your ayahuasca journeys and this thing and astral travel and meditation and all that. But we always want to talk in archetypes of the waking archetypes. Well, why can't we talk about in these catatonic, this catatonic states of archetypes and understanding and visualizing more in this sense? Because I guarantee you, if you plant those within your subconscious, when you actually go into those states, you'll have more effectiveness in that sort of way. And this is something that I personally have been looking for in that way. It sounds like the unconscious expressions of these archetypes and mm -hmm. seeing the dualistic nature of each thing, just like with me having Jupiter as a chart ruler and then looking into the, you know, into the story of Zeus, you know, he might've been the most benevolent God and the all giving and all of that, but he also had sex with kids, a little mm -hmm. boy, right. Who he made Aquarius. Yeah. Um, so like, and there's that pedophilia thing. And it's funny because in the age of this age was ruled by Jupiter with Pisces traditionally. And you have a lot of that. You know, and even when you go back to ancient Greece, you know, I mean, the, the high elite were given, you know, the gift of a little boy. Um, mm -hmm. And, the, and, well, and that's a very Jupiterian. So you could see the underworld expression. And that's the way I see it. Right. And that's the way that you would use, say, some sort of mythology. And that's the beauty of using the mythology instead of using the cookie cutter go get your, your astrology cookbook, you know, uh, a 12, 12 letter alphabet type of stuff when you're reading about this. And it's just that black and white where yet the ins and outs and the more colorful rainbowish, uh, um, more expressive way of seeing all the mythologies and archetypes. That's the way I would see it. And so all in, in simple terms, my Mercury Taurus just wants to take this and say, that what you're describing as, say, the black sun, which I think is just more Saturnian in itself. But if you're going to talk about the mm, unconscious yeah. sun is what you're what you're describing as and what you could see with the Apollo story and all of that is that shadow self, that shadow mm. quality of the expression of that archetype. And most people just want to see the hero in the journey. Like no one wants to go and see like um I, uh, off the top of my head, when you, uh, Batman or any of these like characters, like they had to maybe go through these trials and tribulations or be a, or someone who's an anti-hero, you know, who's a good expression of a, a, a and I'm God, I'm going to be so predictable. My, my tattoo, right? Vegeta was someone who was an expression of the lower self of the like more primal me, the sun expression of I'm all about me and I want to win and I want to conquer everything. And that's a very Leo like, well, what about me? And I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best and this and that. And then he evolves 
into this more enlightened version of himself later on and goes through that scorpionic underworld transformation and ends up having a family and being Goku's boy and this and that. And that's just me, one of my animes, and I could say that that's part of the story, right? So it's that unconscious version of that archetype. And if you go into that, what you're saying is you're going to find a lot more. You're going to uncover a lot mm -hmm. more if you're not afraid to go look at that inverted aspect of that, whether it's the sun or whatever else is playing out in the charts. So go ahead, Amanda. Yeah. You know what's interesting here? I'm listening to your reflections and the examples that you have used, piecing together different um, myths and stories from just different all over the place. And what I'm hearing in between the lines is collectively, we as a human race have Stockholm Syndrome with the sun. <laughs> and we have been led to believe we cannot survive without this all-powerful sun. We will not live without it. Right. And we have been programmed so deep within our DNA that this mm -hmm. is it. This is how we exist. And there's no other way. When really, we have been so heavily cut off from so much of our divinity and connection to God source, where... Of course, we have no idea. It's really, really, really underneath it all. We're just looking at the surface. Ironically, too, going into if we were going to talk about the age of Aquarius, the opposite sign of Aquarius being this, being Leo and being the sun is, I think, finding the balance of knowing your sun, but knowing all aspects of it or having that Leo energy and almost cleansing it. So then you can then balance out the Aquarian energies that are going to be need to be worked on for the next 2000 years. So the way to be to place yourself into this next age is to heal that masculine and to heal the sun, but you're not going to know it unless you know the unconscious or inverted, you know, perversions of the sign or of the symbol and that archetype. So and that's the good thing about doing that. And like the the you it's funny you look at camps and you see conspiracy or you see spirituality or even astrology, and you see this group is emphasizing the light, and this group is emphasizing the dark, and you never have just those, you know, the the very indifferent people who are just saying, I'm just going it, to, it's hermetic. You, you want to look at it hermetically and say, I'm going to go up, and I'm going to go below, and I'm going to see everything in full in, in full in a full 360, so then I could fully integrate these aspects to myself. And it's funny because as we're saying this now too, what's coming up in my head is it, this is almost like in that book, Archetypal Universe, this say what Gio, what you were trying to describe with Apollo, that's a very Sun-Pluto kind of expression in the story. So it's also like how you can use the other planetary archetypes to then integrate into the mythology, then how can you work with it? You know, like, what is the Plutonic version of this story and how can I use it to transmute that solar energy and that myth and the way I read this and how this certain character deals with this or what he goes through, or what she goes through or what they go through. Um, it's, and, and you can learn something from it more on the unconscious, symbolic and allegorical level of the mind. And then you can use it to integrate. I don't know how many times I've watched things or have read things that are more a story based and not more just a logical information cookbook stuff. And you learn so much more by seeing it that way and being open-minded to it without being on either of the extremes and going, taking the narrow path while observing all of these things, especially uh, astrology. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think that's the point of, of, of knowing all this is, and, and having this sort of awareness is to be able to address 
what needs to be addressed and and understanding that it is a part of our reality. It may not be physical reality, you know, as we're constantly being given and 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 depicted in that sort of sense. Like just flopped on me. Um, But that's that's exactly what, what what's happening is, is that it's we're trying to be of knowing that that there's a, a path of integrating the shadow through awareness and of what lies beneath of our willful light and you know what we consider to be prana in that sort of sense and that we need to be engaging with the problematic figure of our uh, inferior self you know it's your determination your wellness and your creative strengths and those things have polar sides to them in a sort of sense right which would be the polar done and those need addressing and need uh more of a focal light on too because those are more unconscious things those are more unconscious things that are not necessarily inferior they have a driven point to them they have a powerful source to them in a sort of sense so and if you don't accept that this if you don't accept this aspect of you then you're liable to become unconsciously you know consumed by this or by the lack of this immediate control of this yourself that no matter what you do in the conscious realms this unconscious unconscious aspect of you can still dictate things and and i'm not saying i'm not saying this in the sort of fear aspect either i'm not saying that this is something that's that's got to get you so worried about this dark deep hit inside of you it's just that with the light there is darkness and this darkness has an emanation too. And this darkness and its emanation shines bright. And there's a the shadow upon yourself. And sometimes we, we may perceive that shadow itself as being us. And when we perceive that as being us, we act upon that, vote upon that. We, you know, all those sort of things upon, the, upon that shadow. But we have to understand that there is a grander shadow and there also is a greater light. And that greater light is and it's like, oh, man, what's the saying? Hold on. Oh, what's the saying? It's, it's understanding that there's the devil within you. Right. And it's not this is not like this is not a dark concept coming from a previous Christian. Like this is not a dark concept. Hold on, let's see. If no, it's not. Well, why you're looking for it all. And another th- way it. of I've heard of seeing all of this and even the Jesus story and all of that is Jesus is both Jupiter and Saturn because Jesus is consciousness and consciousness mm-hmm. is expressed both in the dual nature of light and dark. So you could see it as, you know, the, the uh, enlightening creative purpose that you have and the joy and the vitality that you bring in the sun and all of that. But then you also have the, and, and that's why I like, as much as you're bringing this as a dark sun type of thing, I still see it as my brain just keeps going to Saturnian and not muddy the waters because I see it as the opposite side would be 
to, to, to regulate your solar energy, you need mm-hmm. to regulate yourself within the earth realm, which would be Saturnian. You need to do these Saturnian yeah. things, which is the darkness, which is the things that you don't want to look at that between Saturn and Pluto, you need those malefics in your life. So the sun then can, sh- you, yeah. you want to use your solar energy to shine on those things. And when you shine on those things, then you're able to then express more of your solar energy and solar light, but it could get entrapped within the Saturnian and Plutonic realms, or even in any of the other planets. I mean, that's the beauty of this area of this conversation is you can look at any one of your chart placements and see that shadow part, the part that that needs to go down into Hades or needs to go through a Saturnian ringer, um, you know, like a Venus in Aries, right? It's detriment or it's fall, right? It's fall. So like you need to be put through the ringer of like, it's not always what you want, but the shadow self or the hate, the, the part of the, the it, you could write an allegory about your Venusian character that you have and how it needs to go down into hell to witness all the dark mm-hmm. sides of sexuality and relate relationship type of thing. And you could write a whole story. And that's, and that's the beauty of how these people did this. That's the, that that's part of Good the wonder. point. Good point though, because that's what I mean. Like it's about that. You can confuse your lust with love. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's in a sort of sort of sense that it's like your lust, even though this is this also it's this side of this uh, uh, Vesuvius energy. Right. And love is of the same quality in that sort of sense. It's in the same category, but there is an over an influx of, of this energy in a sort of sense where it becomes more of a dominance and it's a lust and everything in that yeah. sort of sense. But yeah. but how can you address it? You're only going to address it with some sort of awareness to it. Right. That, and you need to differentiate what is love in a good, healthy balance and what is lust and what, what what is going to pollute something in a sort of sense. Yeah. And after you get that up, I think we should start doing our, we should show everyone our, uh, do we start doing the charts too? So you can give our own personal allegorical, you know, our own little allegories. And, and lastly, before you read it, another thing now that, now that we're talking about it, the way I see it too, is the sun is the thing that's shining all this light or energy or expression out. So the sun's the character and then it has the Saturnian aspect, the Venusian aspect, the Martian aspect, everything. And everything gets funneled through the solar expression of self. So if you don't know self completely, you don't have a proper filter for the planets or planetary energies to then funnel through. And that's when you could figure out, is it a lower Venusian energy or is it a higher Venusian? Is it a lower Martian energy? Or is it this? And But the sun is the thing, yeah. is the projector that's saying, okay, this is how it's going to be expressed though. Amanda? Yeah. I have an go? idea. Okay. I have an idea because I'm, I'm I'm hearing everything that you're saying and once again reading in between the lines. I'm going to do a little experiment. I want each of us to look at exactly what is opposing the sun in our charts to see if that at all reflects any of our unconscious, subconscious. Currently thinking. or natally? Natally. Okay. I, like, yeah, mine's, e- actually- mine's easy. I mean, I looking at mine, my sun, moon, and Saturn are all opposing Chiron and Leo in my second house or first house, depending on what system you're looking at. So for me, I'm looking Mm -hmm. at that and I'm like, "Mm, I resonate big time. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was like, I'm listening to everything you're saying. And I'm thinking of that as a human on this earth plane, having these experiences, understanding my son from an unconscious perspective, from Mm -hmm. a darker perspective. And if you were to literally flip it upside down or look at the opposing energy, I was like, hmm, this could be something. So let's, let's, let's play with that. Let's let's do it. Gio, get that. uh, Yeah, I got it right here. 
So, oh, wait. I, I tried something different. Um, okay, hold on. I got it right here. Let's try this again. It, it it did it out of order. I thought I thought I tried something. So so anyway, so this is something to overcoat that is look at Adam and Moses and others. They sought in themselves what was in man and have revealed it and all Kabbalistic arts, and they knew nothing alien to man, neither from the devil nor from spirits. Yeah. Now wait. I mean, I, 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 I haven't really necessarily figured out that part of Zoom, but derived their knowledge from the light of nature. This they nurtured in themselves. It comes from nature, which contains its manner of activity within itself. That's and really interesting. This is the last. Oh, wait. Oh, hmm. last part of it. It is active during sleep. And hence, things must be used when dormant and not awake. Sleep is waking from such arts, for things have a spirit which is active for them in sleep. In the unconscious. Yep. Wait, I thought that was... Sorry, hold on. Um, I have to sit with that. Yeah, there's... A lot more to it. I thought there was something else here. There's uh, but, always but, more but, to but, it. But 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 anyway. But the the point is is that this is once again like this is once again in in more simple terms that everybody can understand. It's the importance of shadow work, of not sure. being shied away from it, not being uncomfortable with it, not thinking that you have already overcome your shadow work and all that stuff. Like you're talking to somebody who constantly on the day today realizes that, holy shit, I need to just work with shadow work. But it doesn't mean that I have to sit in this dark realm of bullshit and evil and all. It's not, it's not that I'm trying to just shed a new light on that. I'm trying to shed a light on the fact of like, (laughs) ready. I'm going to go into that. Uh, George's uh, Batalis, right? That that shit that I presented to you, Ray, which was absolutely obnoxious about the sun and the black sun. It was just, I I immediately saw it as what the conspiracy, uh, hardcore conspiracy theorists do to things where they invert some sort of good principle and no, they just flipped it. Like it was like, it's like as if it's just the Saturnian. It's like the Saturnian camp when said, "Nope, son's the the bad guy. We're the good guy." Yeah, it's like, like the, the satanic I mean, like, satanic it, clan going, uh, yeah, it's the Christians that are actually the mm-hmm. bad. They do yeah. this, 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 yeah. this, and that's what that guy did right with, away. Demonization, yeah, but no, I think we should we should find a hermetic balance in a sort of sense, and we should be able to take and and extract valuable knowledge where it's due. And and that's what I saw when it came to that was this proposition. I'm not going to give any weight to anything else that was said in that sort of sense, but it's the fact that it's like the sun, this this, you know, let's represent the sun as being the mouth in a sort of sense that the mouth is a projectile, right? In a sort of sense, it, it projects voice, which is the word, which creates worlds, which, uh, uh, which, which function that's going on in a sort of sense. I know people are going to be like, Oh, well that's Taurus. And Oh, well that's, well that's mercurial in a sort of sense. I get it. But 
that's what it's doing. But the mouth also consumes just as what's projected is being consumed for production of life, right? But also in that consumption point, there is a process of which it's excreted and reintroduced back into the cycle. That's where you get the toroidal field, right? So it's the mouth and the fucking anus. It's the mouth and it's the anus in that sort of sense. This is where I understood this. And when you look at the sun glyph in astrology, what is it? It's a circle with a black dot in the center. It's almost like you're looking at the toroidal field from the top. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's also showing you that pulse, that pulse outward. Perturbation right? from the center. The perturbation from the center, right? right? And that center is represented by some dark center, which has its own energy, which is not necessarily in a scientific sense. Yeah, you could try to get somebody who's going to be scientific about it in that sort of sense, but they always are going to get it wrong in mainstream science and stuff, that it's perturbating outwards. It's the same way where the heart is the pulse, right? The sun is ruled by Leo. That's my point when I'm trying to get to that is that it's showing that no matter what, when you're talking about life and vitality and, uh, you know, the ego, and you're talking about all these things that have to do with Leo, the sun, the fifth house, all those things, right? You still have to, no matter what, talk about Yes, of course, the 11th house stuff. Yes, the Aquarian type stuff. Yes, you're going to have to talk about, um, you know, more of the opposition to that. But you also have to talk about death. You also have to talk about life through death. You also have to talk about understanding the hidden, understanding the deeper, dark, depths of yourself of what could be manifested right the powerful willfulness that is so like if you were to uh, exonerate it on a social scale and stuff like that that people would be like are you fucking nuts doesn't mean that there's no truth to it there is some sort of it's your truth but it does not mean that your truth is going to be widely accepted or harmonious for nature so therefore it's like judge what the fuck you think that you're doing or thinking or saying is really true like you have to like come to an occurrence with it you have to be balanced with it like this what i mean it's like but but how much of us really focus our awareness on the deeper darker parts of ourselves how much how many of us truly and if you say you do you're lying you're lying I would say if I were to like give a like random statistic, I literally would say like maybe 3% of the world actually cares to go deep into their personal shadow work and do the accountability work and the integration work and the transmuting of the dense stagnant energies that exist within their being kind of work. A lot of people don't even realize that they need to do the work in the first place because they're so stuck in their ego. They're trapped in their solar plexus, egoic energy, unable to tap into the heart energy because the heart energy has been so blocked collectively for Mm. so long. Now Mm -hmm. you mentioned the sun being by being ruled by Leo or vice versa, my bad. But Leo is also connected to the heart, to the cardiovascular system for our ability to be alive. So all of these things are connected to our literal livelihood. And another thing about looking at the chart, and I like that you put together the perspective of the sun looking like a literal toroidal field, 
when you look at, especially in the tropical realm of things, any natal chart, you're looking at it from the perspective of being within the firmament and the dome. Um, and all of the celestial bodies and lights are transiting within that dome, within that firmament. We're not looking at it from the sun-based perspective. So I just thought that was another really interesting thing that not a lot of astrologers would even ever want to acknowledge or even nah. touch upon. They won't I found it. one Taurus field astrologer. I got one. You're the, I guess, well, we're, because I think we're all on that same frequency, but oh, only one person has talked about the firmament in that way besides like, what, Ptolemy? Ptolemy. Well, Ptolemy is the one that created no. the horoscope in general. In general He's the one that right? started well, A lot of this is Ptolemaic like, understanding. It's all right. Ptolemaic yep. from, from Ptolemaic But, but keeping the firmament in the talks, you know, I've heard a lot exactly. of even like uh, Hellenistic astrologers kind of talk shit about that part of Ptolemy's approach to astrology yeah. or using the firmament and all that, using the stationary earth. Um, Hellenistic astrologers actually use a completely different model. Some of them will explore geocentric. And it's interesting because when you look at that model, if you switch it over on astro.com, all of a sudden there's, there's a glyph for your earth sign as well. And yep, your earth sign right. is literally in complete mm. basic opposition to your sun yeah. sign. That's another very interesting perspective to look at too, but I don't really dabble too much into that because yeah. for many reasons well, let, me, let, me, let well. me give you one more thing when it comes to that whole inversion aspect right yeah it's like we have this whole fucking thing where we're so like on, on the firmament standpoint right where we have this whole thing that we're so against that there's this possible firmament and whatever way that you want to say it though right above mm -hmm. but we're going to deny that there's a firmament below we're only able to drill so far below eight miles and that's it after that it's a density that cannot pierce the strongest of drills diamond cut. that's why realm that's earth makes most sense that's all that's like we're so we're in a it's a frequency band yeah or a yeah. band of frequency it's like we are like how the human ear when i do audio engineering and we can only hear from 20 hertz to twenty thousand kilohertz exactly or, yeah, and it's literally with, same thing with this. Like we can't. Our DNA leave. has been dumbed down. We yeah. can't go anywhere. That's what I mean. You need to. You need to be able to dwell in these areas and see these limits. You have to know these limits. And when I say no, I don't mean just oh I know about them. Uh, awareness. I mean yes. I mean come into a resonance with them and understand right. them. Then in, in this certain sort of sense and vibrationally be able to flow within and without them and stuff and this is where you understand the flow of frequencies and this is why people are able to start learning how to uh, um use the the, the the energetic fields and learn how to adapt their DNA and learn how to use the certain faculties of their own pure original technology to get into these certain certain sort of states and be able to tap into and then do things beyond these certain quantum levels because that's the problem we're thinking about it on on just a a, a modern scientific quantum level which it 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 defies that. It defies that. This is why we are considered the spiritual. This is why we're considered divine. This is why we 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 are manifested in that way. But people have such a hard time believing that. And I think even when they're going in these areas of subject, they still have a hard time accepting it. And all because of the fact that they're so programmed and used to the painted picture that we need to paint a different picture and let them understand 
through which they have understood things before. You have to paint them in that same thing. If people are understanding it through a mosaic, paint it through a mosaic. Right. Right. Well, I think so. We're at two hours, so let's hit the uh, let's hit the charts. Amanda, you since you had mentioned that you wanted to jump into uh, your concept of how you wanted to look at the chart. Why don't you yeah. start? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm literally just going to touch upon a couple different things here. Give you a quick little tour. Yeah, I want to show you my tropical natal. I'll give a quick glimpse of the opposing energy if we want to look at the unconscious patterns. And then I also have my true sidereal chart up here as well, too, to look at an alternative perspective of my sun sign. So this is me. Hi, hey, hello. Um, I've added aspects to the lunar nodes. Um, I haven't added any other additional asteroids just to keep things a little simpler for our viewers. Um, however, I do like adding part of fortune. So I threw that in there too. Uh, this is me. Hi. Um, here's my sun. There it is right there. It's super close to my moon. Pretty much conjunct. The only thing that makes them a little different is the fact that in my tropical chart, if we're looking at equal house, my sun is in Pisces in the eighth, my moon is in Aquarius in the seventh. Yep, they're conjunct. That's really interesting. Um, now, it's the moon and Saturn conjunction that really takes the cake for me here, especially when in combination with my sun and my moon. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, nobody knows me better than myself, and that will always be the case because of that. Um, having a sun and Mercury combination in my eighth house, um, it's been a blessing and a challenge for many reasons, because for the life of me, it has taken me way more effort than I want to admit to be understood and validated. And I will be honest with you, when I went back to that story of remembering when astrology kind of fell into my life, I remember literally, I'm not even kidding or sugarcoating it with you guys, that was literally the beginning of me finally feeling seen, heard, and recognized. And like, I actually had a purpose in this world. I literally did not see me existing past the age of 30. So the fact that I'm here at 30 speaking with experience and I'm like, wow, I actually made it. Here I am. is pretty awesome. So, and again, that's a very eighth house thing to say, being very, very real about the very in-depth mm. things that happen beyond the veil. And that's the thing. I'm very good at playing a really good part. And I always have been a very good actress throughout my life where the world would be convinced that everything is okay, but I'm having an existential crisis. And that's because of my moon and Saturn being conjunct right next to my sun. Sometimes I don't even realize what's happening and it's happening around me. And people are like, dude, there's literally an earthquake around you. Are you okay? Everything's great. High five, gold star, awesome possum. Now, also having my sun placement being in Pisces, Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac, the crone, the old wise wizard. I've always been older than I seem. Like, energetically, I feel like I'm timeless, but physically, I'm 30. Here I am. But since I was a kid, I could not connect with people my age. I actually were, I actually remember being specifically turned off by hanging out with kids my age because I thought they were immature. And I thought, I was like, I don't have time for this stupid shit. I was asking existential life questions by the age of like six. And it's funny because I grew up Roman Catholic, old school Italian family, hello. Did all the sacraments up until marriage. But I remember I would ask questions to my priest. And he literally would go to my religion teacher and be like, 
she's onto something keep her close by like she she she's got a special kind of faith that i don't know how to pinpoint but he thought that i was asking him questions because i was i was i was into what was happening with the church but i was questioning him because i was like i think mm. there's more to it but you're not leading it on so again moon and aquarius conjunct saturn just like questioning everything now let's get a little deeper here let's look at a couple of aspects because we said we would all right so first and foremost i love this trying with my son i have my son trying my mars and cancer in 12th house placement it's made me very naturally in tune with my surroundings from a young age again i've had intuitive experiences where i've just been able to tap into a certain emotion or frequency or even just know where to physically put a hand on someone and i just couldn't explain it with words i just knew um this is also where I say that movement and music and dance and medicine and creativity as a whole, if I didn't have those things in my life from when I was four, again, one of the really pivotal things that keep me here today and keep me strong and keep me focused. Because when I stopped moving and stopped dancing and stopped using music because water signs are very connected to art and feminine expression and literally emotion, um, I literally had no method of expressing my water. And what happened is I was so heavy and I was so sick. And I was almost 200 pounds at one point in my life because I could not digest or, or process the water and the emotions that I was carrying from, well, my family first and foremost, but also just like my friends. I used to be the friend that would spend hours and hours and hours on the phone. Again, eighth house sun, 12th house Mars. This is trying because I cared so much, but then I was like, why am I so exhausted after this three-hour phone call listening to my friend talk about her problems? Oh, didn't understand that concept because I need time to recharge my batteries, of course. Now, another way to look at my sun in combination with my moon and Saturn conjunction, they're all square to good old Pluto in Scorpio in my fourth house. Yes, and this is where I come to the very obvious conversation here. If you know how to look at a chart, you can see that I have all kinds of family karma, all kinds of activations happening within uh, my ancestry, especially the inheritance aspect of it. Lots of cycle breaking, lots of doing things differently. Um, and yeah, I could go deeper because there's a whole ass T-square that forms here with my sun and moon and Saturn conjunction, but that's more specific to my moon and Saturn conjunction. Um, now, if we want to look at the more unconscious expression of what's happening here, if we want to play with this, everything that Geo um, was exploring with the Black Sun, and we want to take a look at within the firmament, within the 3D matrix of things, um, the exact opposition here, technically, I mean, no, this is this is not enough of an opposition here. Actually, they're not opposing at all. It would be basically two degrees Virgo here. And it's really interesting because for the longest time, all things second house would cause me insane amounts of anxiety. Anything that had to do with anything tangible, anything materialistic, anything finances, anything career, anything job, anything that had to do with taking care of my basic needs would cause me crippling anxiety and if virgo is in its lowest expression what does it do make you an anxious box of everything so yeah anxiety and my overall 
mental health for the longest time ruled me. I let life rule me and have control over me and my unconscious factors literally take over my ability to run my life. Um, and uh, for a I, very long time, I was a format. And so. can I interject real quick? Please because do. So the, the Lord of your second house, which is Mercury, is Quincunx to Chiron and Leo, which would yeah. be the healing of you know the self or self-expression and all of that. And on top of that, you do have it uh, square Pluto as well, the Chiron with, with the T square. If you want to call that a T square, your Chiron's big. That's like a lot of your, your, cause that's tied from oh, yeah. your first house to your fourth house, which is self-expression and then your inner security and family. So yes. you have that square going on on top of it opposing and your chart ruler, which is the moon is conjunct Saturn. So in yes. yourself, you're going to have a Saturnian expression. Saturn also rules older people. So that's why you tend to see the immaturity in the younger. Um, oh, and all yeah. of that because you embody it in your ascendant and all of that. So between your first house stuff connecting to your fourth and that T square and all of that, you're the Lord of your second being quincunx to Chiron, giving it that awkward out of place type of like, oh my God, I have anxiety, you know, thinking of second house stuff. And I relate to that second house stuff because I've sat in there. But anyway, so that's, I just I needed, to, needed to point that out. Yeah. Well, thank you. Of course, because it's one thing when you yourself are looking at your chart and looking at your own timing. But again, this is a mere expression of a soul and every astrologer will have something else that they're going to pick up on. Right. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so thank you for adding that little tidbit there. I'm going to briefly stop my share and just switch over my screens and I'll quickly show it's you. Funny, real quick. It's funny though. If you look at, if you look at it, how would you address, how would you address that giant square that with, are you talking about my cardinal grand square, the one that you can't stop staring at because it's... Yeah, I can't stop staring at it. Not only that, the Star David pattern that's in your chart. Oh, yeah. It's it's exactly. The second I started looking into the complexities of who I am and what I'm doing here, I was like, okay, <laughs> I have to help other people figure out their life, too, yeah. because clearly... Like, wait, 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 what was it again? It was Venus... Hold on, let's let's go back. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm just gonna... Okay. Venus... Real, I, know, I know, Jupiter I knew you guys were gonna go off. Oh, it's Venus, fine. Mars... <laughs> let's hold on Jupiter. hold the phone hold oh, the phone what the hell was it? oh it's fun ready let's let's bring it back i just bring started seeing back. the star david with your bring it back. okay, okay sorry yes. i'm bringing back old Venus, school house music right now mars jupiter all conjunct my angles honey Neptune. all conjunct my angles Wait, specifically you, my mcic you see two, do you see the two opposing trines too with yeah. i think it's your midheaven or venus it might be both and do we see this um, fun yacht um, here? This really fun yacht hanging mm -hmm. out with the apex yeah, being Chiron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of fun, and again, I've become extremely resilient. And again, I'm Very extremely good. Yeah, a lot, lot of self and other energy. A lot of self and family energy. You know, seems like you're trying to develop your inner authority on all of this stuff. You know, becoming your percent. own inner authority. Yeah, that's why I dance through life, folks. Yeah, the whole artistic mm. thing, you know, healing through the artistic expression would be the mm -hmm. Leo Chiron. Mm -hmm. you know, Geo, Geo's yearning to be a comedian would be the same type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, I, I, I see the, I see a little bit of the, of the um, projection, but also the, um, the, the drawing from, of even like of the 11th house area but even more of the air element in your chart too like the whole gemini ish like you're you're playing that role though like you're 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 pushing that 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 need for it and like that's that's doing the work and expanding upon it as well too i mean that's part of that's part of your trying too 
Well, yeah, thousand percent. I'm glad you mentioned that because Gemini in the equal house system would be the Lord of the, or the Mercury would be the Lord of the 12th too, which is family. I notice I'm a big proponent of Gemini. So I'm a big, I'm a big lover of mutable people. I'm yes. a, no, 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 mutable, mutable air, mutable air. Mutable air is so fun. And it's funny because it's so natural for me to have that mutable air. And as a, I've always just been super friendly. I've always just known a lot of people easily, effortlessly able to connect, network, bring connections, bring people together. Um, I'm a really good, I'm really good at throwing events and parties. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? It's just always came natural to me. I've always been really good with music, you know, arts, multitasking, mm-hmm. all these different things, la, 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 la. Mm-hmm. But then getting into my North Node energy, guys, has not mm-hmm. been easy. It's been it's meant getting out of the group thing and allowing myself to be fucking bold. And again, that North Node right. is trying to my Chiron in Leo yeah, in second house, house as well as my MC. So once that activation started taking place, and again, it started with me using that's my voice power. again, not just speaking truth, but also using my singing voice, bringing my movement back. Honestly, this work in these podcasts has been helping me too. <laughs> yeah, you know astrology I mean? astrology is a big mandala because then as you say that, the ruler of your North Node's Jupiter, which is in the third house of communication. So. But- Yes. I mean, if you can see, if you can see your astrology chart, let's just let's just start at that. If you could see your astrology chart in this way, right, and see the geometric patterns and understand what they mean in that sort of sense, and even understand them on more of a frequency base. But then, mm-hmm. if you could start making them three D in your mind, quite literally, bro. yes, it's a bro. frequency thing. Boom. Which Boom. which way is the inversion? <laughs> I'm, I'm big. My word of the day is inversion. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. I, I knew that once I got solar anus in my message. Yeah, yeah you, you got you got me right away. Uh-huh. I knew it. Fun. Right. I knew right, you guys were going to have fun with this one. Yeah. Okay. Hold on a second. Hold yeah, the you phone. Had I wanted to yeah, show you something else. Yeah, the yeah. true sidereal. I'm going to be super quick. I promise. Right, okay. Good, so, yeah, by no the way, you guys are not doing it right if you don't include a few gifts in your zodiac discussion eventually when you get there. And I will so be I like there, this. by the this way. interests me. Aha, uh-huh, yes. So, of course, I have to dabble into this for a hot second, guys. Come on. Um, I like so- the spatial energy. Oh, hold on. My my Shih Tzu is coming in here. My, my familiar. Get over here, Jojo. Come here, baby. Good boy. Okay, so... Basically, this is myself away from all the constructs of time that have been created by man and everything within this firmament. So this is when you look at things away from all the distortions that have taken place to keep us dense, to keep us out of our cycles. Okay, so instantly you can see that all my planets are in a similar place, but they're in different signs. And that's because we're looking at the constellations with their true dignity and also away from their... um I no longer look at the Zodiac as the Zodiac anymore. They are now their authentic constellations. So even the archetype of what you look at when you look at the sun suddenly being in Aquarius and the moon and Saturn being conjunct in Capricorn, that even that archetypal understanding shifts. And again, we'll look at the mirrors and the inversions of the Zodiac when we get to the next I'm going to be with you guys for a long time. Geo, you're right. I'm yeah. going to have to keep. I'm going to. I it's told you. Be a you're guys, stuck. don't get sick of me. Now. I, I fixed you into my fixed energy. You're fixed now. Trying unifier. We need the feminine. Told you. Yes. We got a lot to cover. I, we got a lot I, to cover. Oh my God. Like, we're going to be here for so long. Infer- listen, listen, listen. Let's Literally. just put it this way. This is the greatest podcast of all time. It really is. Numbers don't mean shit, right? This is the Quality greatest podcast over quantity. of all time. And, and what's being presented here is going to be so fucking eminent and valuable. Yeah. 
if you would listen to it. And guess what? If you don't, I don't give a fuck because yeah. it's still valuable. That's it's what got it is. so much value. So, greatest podcast of all time. We have so much shit to discuss here, first of all. And like and subscribe if you haven't already, if you've gotten to this point. But anyway, I think you continue. should. Absolutely. Okay. Anyway, so this is. We're just quickly looking at the inversion of looking at what's actually going on here away from all the stuff keeping us away from our density. And all of a sudden, my son is in a completely different sign with a completely different archetype. And everything has shifted. All of a sudden, I have a high contrast drum and bass song stuck in my head. Everything's different. Okay, anyways, (laughs) I'll stop. So again, all of a sudden... My trine with my son in Mars is now a trine with my son in Mars in air signs. Oh, that expresses itself a little bit differently, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, my square with Pluto, Pluto's in Libra. Huh, that's a little different. All right. And so on and so forth. Um, I just wanted to sh- just give you guys a quick little glimpse. I know that's just a little dip in the pond. Yeah, just we'll, adding a, we'll adding another here. layer up to the mandala. Mm. What it all is, right? Absolutely. Got to follow right, next? for the layers. Uh, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take the throne here for a little, a little run through on. Take us mine, for a ride. Mine's Jim. mine's complicated yet easy. I think um, you could you can kind of see everything very much on the surface with me. Zoom in a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoom in a little. Yeah, you've added asteroids as well. So oh, I have. Yeah, this, so this is the way I do see. Uh, this is the here. So real quick. Let me do a desktop share. Does this help? Because I can't zoom in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you sure you can see it? Yeah, I can see it. Okay, oh, so that's why. What okay. did you not have no, your thing? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm all right. Good. Um, so, all right, real, real off the bat, right? I, and it's funny because when we did the episode with Jackson and how I was emphasized, it was emphasized in my chart the Gemini Sun conjunct palace, which ended up being, that's why actually is what got me into the, I don't use every asteroid. Um, I do have a little side piece on, on how amazing the asteroids can be, um, but that's not really a solar thing. That, but that was is pretty incredible, actually, because it was something to do with my Venus and my music. But um, yeah, so within my chart, you can medi- immediately see and probably sense the Gemini in me, for sure. Um, especially if you've heard me get pretty excited on previous episodes where when I start to have that quick this and that type of thing going on. Thank, like I said, I thank God for the Mercury Taurus because that complements the, the, I think it, as I think it's an underlooked combination having the speedy airy Gemini with the Mercury Taurus, Johnny Depp, JFK, a lot of people uh, that you wouldn't think as more of a Gemini because they're slower in thought and they want to articulate. But anyway, so the sun conjunct palace in my chart, which I had written down because palace really isn't, I don't feel like talked about a lot. So uh, it got me into the asteroids because of how much it came through my solar expression of self, right? It, it gave me this whole other layer. And because it's conjunct my sun, it's literally within my conscious expression of self. It, it, it is in my vitality and all that. It feeds that sun. And when, you know, when we know that when things are conjunct, we know that they're working in partisan together. They're working together, and they're they're it's one. They're one unit, right? They're compressing into one expression. So you take that Gemini messenger twins duality, all that that archetype with Pallas, which is the fierce protector of truth, logic, and freedom. And when you have a strong Pallas in your chart, what it's going to do is it's going to create 
uh, a warrior or crusader for a cause. And the, the nature of the cause fought for can often be found by examining what other energies are aspecting this. Um, because my son only has one other real main aspect, this plays into my nodal story, right? Which is the communicating, North communicating North the Aquarian energies. And to me, I saw it as, as, oh, well, look at me. I get to be the lucky man who, who, who gets to be the water bearer through communication. Someone who talks about truth, someone who stands up for truth and is a fierce warrior uh, when it comes to vocalizing the Aquarian message, which is truth, which is the, and you it's know. It's ahead. interesting, too, with the South Node in Leo in your ninth house, it's very natural for you to be very open and authoritative about your beliefs mm. and, and narrow that focus down. So the challenge has, I can see how that challenge, but activation more or less, especially if you allow it to be, is bringing all of that conscious, modern, you know, perception and perspective and, and making it tangible for the public because the third house is very much connected to more so the public, you know what I mean? And, you know, the, the right. communities around you and, and technology and information. So that's really, really cool. I also noticed too, you have a lot of conjunctions, like a lot of things are conjunct. So you have a lot of like specific energies that are very like Compressed. intense because they're, yeah. they're all activating each other. So it's, it's cool to see just how many like sandwiches of energy you have throughout your chart, especially looking at your Capricorn cancer opposing band you have going on there. Holy smokes. That's what I was looking at. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at your like crazy ass when you, you bring it, when you bring in the, the asteroids to it too, is the stellium that you have in cancer opposed everything in capricorn what i was curious about in the too, eighth house too in the eighth but, house too and earlier on too i remember ray you were mentioning your moon and chiron were in cancer and i've met quite a few chiron moon folks and they have a lot going on in their heart spaces man especially when it comes to healing that more feminine maternal rune so seeing that in the eighth house is really interesting yeah i live um, with my mother still and she i'm a big when and when we moved down to florida i am a big I, well i am a big uh part of her therapeutic area of her life i am very much almost healing the mother principle in myself by healing my own mother um Beautiful. Be, it, yeah being the nurturing learning to be the nurturing type by allowing my mom to do that when she is all aquarius sun aquarius moon aquarius mercury aquarius venus aquarius mars taurus jupiter aquarius like she is all aquarius um so she's all she has no water in her chart literally Wow. Um, and so it's so funny and, and my, we could do a, God, that's a whole other episode. My, my parental, uh, chart, like my parents, my father literally is a one degree Sagittarius with Neptune conjunct wow. his ascendant. And he has basically the same house structures as I do, but yeah, that's cool. that. And it's funny because so like, yeah, you look at all of that and that is the big, you can't make this shit up. Yeah, family ancestry is so cool. All right. So that's where me and you share that thing too. You were saying family is a big thing. Well, I have Mars in the fourth house. So I'm a protector of the family, protector of home, protector of where I, I live. On top of that, I have all the eighth house cancer stuff. So a lot of a lot of healing and a lot of you know psychological stuff going on there. And, and you've thank- got vertex in cancer too, right? One degree orb conjunct Chiron there. So it just like enhances that like And that's all sitting on Sirius too. Yeah. So in which because you get you have to you give the fixed stars a two a two degree orb, uh, you know, that's sitting on, on Sirius, so it's Jupiter. So I very, you know, it's, it's funny that that, it, there, that is a PowerPoint in my chart. And when you looked at, there's been graphs I looked at, and that is basically the chart signature um, over anything else, you know, because I think the beauty of the chart, going back to the solar stuff, is it blessed me with a lighthearted 
um, ascendant and yeah. sun. So it allowed. Yeah, you so really did. I lucked out with that. Wow. So my chart ruler being conjunct my moon, which is Jupiter, Sagittarius. And then on top of that, the ability to communicate with others, right? To, to, to find with the sun in the seventh house, I'm looking to find my solar creative expression and self conscious self through other people. I'm going to have to bounce things off my partnerships to say, hey, that's me and that's not me. You know, and it's actually, some say it's a, it's a harder placement. I, I disagree because it depends on what sign you have. If you have a seventh house sun in Capricorn, you're going to have a, you're probably going to have a rough time because that sturdy Capricornian, you know, those types of people you're going to be dealing with. And that's going to be a harder thing to bounce off of. I have Gemini. So basically all I got to do is just talk to, you know, shoot the shit with people. And just yeah. not, and, and with me having the Sagittarius rising is Easy. I'm, I'm going to be able to write. And then, and then what that's, so, the, so let, let's, let's get back into the story and the allegory here of my, my chart with my solar energy and all of that playing in with everything else is I'm looking to develop myself and my beliefs and the things and the way I see the world and the big picture through the communication with others and my partnerships and being able to communicate in more of a mundane and detailed level, a more Gemini level. And I'm going to find those deeper, uh, the answers to those deeper questions by just exploring in the Gemini way. And then through that, we'll develop the Gemini sun. We'll develop my communication skills and my ways of thinking and my logic and my left brain stuff and all of that. So, and then on top of that, the beauty is that trines my North Node. So it's completely helping out my mission. So I've definitely been blessed and I won't say cursed, but it's it's been more so a, it's it's like someone who likes to do a lot of puzzles, but they've been given a very, very difficult and emotionally heavy puzzle, but they mm -hmm. love to do puzzles. And that's the way I see um, the way that my energy really it, it expresses itself and let me add this too. When you're looking at your chart and you're looking at your house placement, especially your solar, look at the house of your solar placement, your sun, and the the original energy of that house. So my seventh house is a Libra house, right? So my sun is in the house of Libra, which is, you know, def by default, the Libra house. I actually have a lot of Libra friends or people with Libra placements who actually end up playing a big part in my life. Gio might be a Virgo rising, but most of his first house is Libra. My buddy Steve and Laura, who has a Libra moon, who wanted to give me a job for the summer and calls me every day and this and that and checks up. And Walky, who is, is someone who's been a big supporter. I have this phone because of her and all that. The Libra energy, even though you say Gemini, you might think I might attract a lot of a Gemini energy or attract a lot of Saggy. I actually attract that, that area of life and that energy, which is Libra. And I've noticed. And that connecting to my 11th house of my networking, you, you could see it just all play out. And it's, it's, it's incredible. You, it's a mandala. You're absolutely right. Because with my son in my eighth house, eighth house ruled by Scorpio, my, my boyfriend's a Scorpio. All, my best friend is a Scorpio. I love hanging out with Scorpios. Um, yeah. And it's funny because Scorpio is the natural ruler of my fourth house, which is also family. Um, oh. So it's all really cool how it all just sort of intertwines within one another. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's really it. I mean, to add just this is a little side thing I was saying before. So my I had a band back 10 years ago, and I'm bringing it back in a way I'm doing a lot of stuff with the project by myself, basically. But my Venus in Aries at 26 degrees is conjunct an asteroid called Moira, M-O-I-R-A, happened to be one of my song names from 10 years ago. And I had no clue that the existence of that. Yeah. I just 
out of I here. Did, I have chills running down my spine Moira, right now. Moira was named by my vo- my vocalist at the time, who was a big guy. Uh, he had a family or something to do with the military, and he's a big political guy. He has Palace Square, his son, and he's all for political justice and all this other stuff. And the the word Moira means destiny in Old English. And so he had written cool. a song talking about going to war and coming back home to your loved ones. And so I'm sitting there and I, I didn't realize that Moira, I, I had watched, um, I don't know what her, who her name was. She was on the astrology podcast. She's really big with the asteroids. And she, she had her thing on and it said Moira. I'm like, no way. I'm like, let me throw that. Let me go on astro.com or whatever where I can do the asteroids and let me check. And I happen to have Moira, the asteroid conjunct Venus in the house of the fifth house of art, artistic expression and arts, Venus being the artistic planet as well. In the sign of Aries, and I play metal, war music, war music, Moira, the song about being about coming home from war. Um, we can get on that one a whole other that, but that to me, it's just like that's all you need, man. Like you you start looking at this stuff and you open your mind to the archetypal allegorical nature of your chart, and it ends up being absolutely wonderful. And you and it's it just it just changes you forever. You, you can, like you said, you can just never turn back. Mm-hmm. So, Gio, anything else to add? Because I mean, she, I think Amanda got her, her. She injected a lot of her stuff on there. Anything else? No, about the, the only thing I'm, I'm I'm coming from an intuitive standpoint, and you could correct me if I'm wrong. But when when looking at it, like I, I'm just, just like more pattern recognized. It's just that like what you have in that seventh house, like that whole function going on. I feel like can can potentially how do I say it over uh, overshadow that mm. whole eighth house second stellium thing that you have going on where it's like you know uh, in touch with the roots like allowing the emotion to come in allowing this this sort of healing factor to come in allowing the root to 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 play such a role in this this facing and understanding and like and 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 like this whole like it's going to shake up your more Capricornian side of things and 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 allow I mean not only, not not to mention like that just the, the the retrogrades that you have going on in the second house like. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. I'm like, I, I've never really, I guess I never really looked at your chart in this way. And like when I did, I'm just like, wow, like I had the time. That's why I've been sitting here just like so fixated on it because I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, she's right. Like you got like these like major just like conjunctions everywhere. And it's like, but, I'm, but, but, but what keeps grabbing my attention and keeps telling me to look at it in this sort of way is like your eighth and second house is just is just lit up in this sort of sense where I just see this like karmic desire to really uproot all of it's, it's not, I don't know, dude, it's so crazy. I don't know. Like I'm seeing it now. So I'm like, I don't know. It's like this, this uprootedness of like, not anything that's going to be conventional. And, and I know you know that already, like, it's like, it's Mm -hmm. not conventional to 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 do things um in the sort of manner that's going to be to your truth like it's going to be in a sort of way 
Neptunian. It's going to be Piscean in a sort of sense, but no matter what, it's connected back to the more rooted sense of that Cancerian water, and that's what's going to be expanded on and healed upon, and that's going to be your... That, and I mean, dude, yeah, what is that? You're part of Fortune, too, in, in Capricorn? Yep. And John to... You're, I think that's Neptune. Yeah, Uranus. Uranus. Yeah. Like Uranus. it's disruptive. It's going to be disruptive. And I feel that it's going to be more disruptive in your family's life. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way either. A disruptiveness in your family's life to be like, holy shit, Ray just fucking did that. And I'm like, dude, you, think- you, you got lucky. You got lucky. Yeah. And right. it's going to be like, no, I didn't. This is right. what I've been trying to tell you all along. Right. That's what I see. And that, that, that to me is fucking crazy, especially when you really hone into those fucking retrogrades of being like, oh, yeah, it's always going to come back to me reverting back to my second house, my worth, my value. And now I even see why you implement certain things more than your Mercury Taurus. Forget about your Mercury Taurus. Like now I really see why you, you really hone in and heavy on when it comes to us and what we do is that value aspect of things. And I'm like, now I'm like, all right, respect. And that respect. Mercury, that Mercury Taurus is actually trying to that Uranus. There you go. And the Uranus rules the North. And that sex and that sextiles Jupiter and the moon and cancer. So this Mercury actually bridges mm-hmm. uh, what uh, there's a name for that. It's a, like a, a, not a grand trine, but like a part. I, I, Rick Levine or someone else just said it the other day where you have a sextile and that when that or when you have a sextile and then it's like a this weird odd triangle. A wedge. We- yeah, I a think wedge. that was it's yeah. a wedge. It's a wedge. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I call that, it a wedge. Yeah, I like that. Um, I don't know if it, that's what he what he called it, but I, I like it regardless. It's a um, right angle. Um, all right. Well, dude, that's yeah. I well, yeah. See, my, another yeah. another mandala experience for you, man. If you have something else, I have one more thing to add, and then we're done with my chart. We can move on to Gio. I heard the breath. I'll message, I, I'll I, message I, you outside of this. <laughs> I'll message you outside of this. I'm channeling something uh, interesting right now, but I'll, okay. it's, right. It, oh, it's more personal. Well, are, by the way, I mean, I, I could say this now because, you know, this is not going to be posted until after and stuff like that. I just got a, a birth chart reading for my girlfriend for her birthday through Amanda. So make sure we'll put her links below. Um, go to that. As you can see, she's very multidimensional with it. Not your basic astrologer. Go to her. Just, just, just do it. So, <laughs> Want to plug Thank that you. real quick? Nice plug. Thank you. I appreciate that share because I have made it a point to take my passion for helping others help themselves and being a beer and take it to a different level because let's face it, like I've mentioned from day from the beginning, this is not so square peg round hole as society tries to make it out to be. So, you know, yeah. clearly. Yeah. I think she, <laughs> but, she's going to, she's going to be happy with this. I need you to fucking lay into her too. Like lay into her. <laughs> It'll be fun. It's my favorite thing to do. So uh, lastly, so we could get my chart off the screen here. So we got, one more thing I realized is you had mentioned the Leo South node and how that's such a natural thing for me. And Geo in the same breath also mentions that this can overshadow this. Well, the sun rules my South node. And so it's, and it's in the, if you're using the modern, um, what do you, what do you call these again? The, um, not declination. Um, they're like, de- I guess the, it's de- like deacons. the deacons, but the right. Deacons. Yeah, I thought they were called. Okay. So, but that, that's, so it's in the solar deacon of Leo. 
and it rules my seventh house son. So it's, I think naturally I'm going to be given Leo like people guy. My singer was a Leo. I think my grandfather's a Leo, a lot of good Leos in my family, but very karmic and very like, you know, can overshadow my own inner work where it seems like I'm like, you have these other people that come into my life and you have these belief systems mm-hmm. and the higher learnings and things I'm bringing in and the knowledge and all that stuff. That's, that's nodal energy. I don't need to work on that anymore. It is more of this because the ruler of my north node being in the second house, Geo saying the second house be- being uh, very important with the eighth and the se- uh, second axis, you could see that, yeah, the seventh house solar energy uh, it, it being a nodal, south nodal uh, ruler, it, you could see that overshadow point. But yeah, that, I think that, and that would be really it. I mean, that's the irony of my chart. The only other thing you could say is that it's opposed my ascendant. But we are, you know, the only thing I was going to say with what you said is, though, through that, the south node and being a deacon of, of the sun and everything is is that you can gain that sort of gnosis, that sort of wisdom and value and knowledge and that higher learning with your capacity of the sun through those different. Uh, focal points of Leo archetype in a sort of sense. Right. And yeah, and I'm not saying they could be real fucking once again, they're Leos. I'm not trying to put it, you know, a negative fact on Leos or anything and stuff like that. But, you know, we all understand what the influx of Leo can do and stuff like that. But there's something oh, yeah. to learn from that. Right. And we're talking oh, about yeah. the sun, right? So why not? This is a reason. 100%. Synchronicities. Last but not least, Geo. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> uh, where are you? This is it. Is it good enough? Big enough? I see uh, a big giant triangle. Oh yeah. First thing I see a big Earth trine right there. Bow yep. grand trine. I have a yod somewhere in there. I was gonna say it's sticking out, and it's yeah. I always I forget. It where the yacht is the finger of god it's basically um two in conjunctions to an apex and then the two signs that two planets or placements that are in conjunct form a sextile okay i see one yacht okay i think it's pointing to your north node conjunct whatever asteroid that may be right there yes it is the north node the apex at the very base over here we have chiron on one side and then I can't quite make out the other. Asteroid. I'm pretty sure it's a Jupiter North Node, and I can't. What's the other point of the odd? So it's literally like these two guys over here are sextile. There's Charon over here. It's not forming a true sextile because it's not on here, but it's basically Chiron in the ninth. I mean, in the eleventh, forming a sextile with whatever's over here in Gemini in the ninth. And then you see the two in conjunct kind of dotted lines pointing down to the North Node. Mm-hmm. That is a yod that I can see, but it's not like a complete yod because it doesn't show the sextile. But it's it's I see it as a yod. Oh well, no, 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 that's that's what it is. That's what it is. Now I remember. It's, it's there. It's, it's my it's my midheaven Chiron and North Node. That's the yod. There we go. Right? No, wait, is it? I know there's a yod in there. <laughs> it's somewhere there. Well, that's the first thing that I could see just by identifying the in conjunctions, but. I've just seen this giant shrine. Thing is, I, I'm not familiar with the system that you're using here. I typically just go right to Astro, and it's it's a little different. But I'm able mm. to, because pers- even some of the glyphs look a little different here. But I'm seeing that 
that that earth trying it's like it, it all in water houses too it's just like screaming at me right now saying look at me mm. meditate on me oh my goodness yeah so all right so i mean i'll just i'm, I'm not going to go into them just yet because i want to i want to hear your guys perspective since we're talking about the sun um but i have sun trying jupiter as we could see sun trying jupiter um sun else? square chiron sun square chiron as well sun semi square mars um or sessi squared is that chiron square the sun square yeah chiron looks like you have sun. a square to series too i think that's series beside mm -hmm. saturn there yeah sun squared series Vesta and pal uh, and palace and sun trine the north node yeah so like the same same expression is is that your your karmic mission for your node is is easily fed through the sun so your solar energy is going to work uh very well with that capricornian of that building building something right and your it solar seems like Yes. And that solar Sorry. energy in the eighth, meaning the shared energy, shared resources, merging with go. other people and all of that is going to play a part in you building the foundation to a safe home and an inner security. That's the way I'd see the North Node and the Sun playing out. And then on top of that, your spirituality, your beliefs, your unconscious with Jupiter is only just basically assisting in that. It's, it's bringing benevolent energies to the, to, to, the, to the people that you merge with, to the foundations you're trying to set and of course with the nodal thing you know you're working from the south node to the north node so you're not going to immediately have that capricornian comfort and structure the jupiter and sun are there to assist you into the to the building of that considering it's all earth and what's interesting here about having an earth trine and all water houses all of these houses are incredibly intuitive but I'm really, really focusing here on looking at Jupiter in the Deacon of Mercury in the 12th house here and how expanding on, you know, this trine here and all of it being connected, that Jupiter in the 12th house there, again, not only is it incredibly spiritual, but the fact that it's in Virgo and as well, your North Node being in the Deacon of Saturn in the fourth house, you're taking all of this magic that's taking place within these themes that are specific to this trine and creating tangible practical value within them especially as you expand forward now i think it's really interesting that your south node is basically conjunct your mc even though your mc is in gemini it's not very far off from where your south node is in cancer in your 10th um i think that's really interesting and it's in the deacon of your moon so mm -hmm. the the presence that you currently have right now especially in the public eye I have reason to believe you're very comfortable with it. You don't mind so much showing up and speaking your truth and speaking these beliefs. Might it happen overnight? No. Might it happen within your closest circles at the beginning? Yeah. But eventually, look what's happening here. It's expanding. You have the shared resources. You have also the mindset having the sun in Taurus in the eighth house. Also, the ability to see beyond the veil, allowing you to do what you need to do to get things done. Very, very interesting. I also want to say just by looking at the supposed yod that I think we have here, your Chiron in Leo in 11th house energy, the wound of self-expression, especially within finding your people, finding your social circles and tapping into your wishes and your dreams. That in conjunction leads to an activation of you realizing who your people are, who you want to express yourself with and around and what it is that you want to activate and shift.
Mm. Sorry, I'm just I'm channeling as I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. speaking. No, yeah, you're wrong. Um, I love wrong. it. Cool. And ultimately, well, again, I think all three of us can agree we've uh, had our fair share of experiences with that Chiron Leo opposition there. And that Chiron Leo opposition has that additional activation with that little yod we have here connecting to your north node. So essentially, it's your subconscious programming of certain beliefs that you had about your self-worth, especially in showing up around communities that you resonate with. Obviously, through time, through experience, you find your people. I remember, Gio, we were talking recently, and you're like, shit, I wish there were more people close to me that are like-minded. He's like, raising fucking Florida. You're all the way in fucking Canada. Mm-hmm. Everyone's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. With that, with that, with that Urtron, I need the physicality of it. Like, the that's physicality. something that I crave. That's yeah. something that I crave. Like, and, and yeah, God, no, no, keep going, keep going. No, that's pretty much what I was saying, though. Like, I just mm-hmm. wanted to point that out there, and I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you literally crave that physical grounding of like-minded people who share the same values, especially with your son in the eighth house, wanting to see things beyond the veil. Jupiter in the twelfth, a feeling expanded through tapping into that spirituality of yours. Of course, mm-hmm. having that in the physical realm of things. It, was, it would be nice. Yeah, and there's Saturn and Aquarius nice. going, yeah, but you're going to have to work with the technology and the Aquarian ways first and find your, you know, it's mm-hmm. like the fifth house of finding your creativity, which is the Leo house, right? Yes. So it's in the fifth house of Leo, even though it's, you know, it's in Capricorn here. But like, yeah, that's, and having to go through that and through the process that we've been going through for the past few years and, and learning to work with technology and finding those people and finding them through technology and the internet and communicating through that that manner and that medium and that's part of it that's part of the journey and that's why that restriction comes from that. that's why when you get in front of this camera and you, you know you have that saturnian block of like this is the, i don't feel this you know but that's saturn teaching you a lesson right yeah absolutely some of the main things that i see especially with this i mean on a more mundane level like <laughs> this is one of the first things that i really noticed when it came to my coming into astrology just as a little side note was always that sun trying Jupiter in Taurus and Virgo, like <laughs> was just the expansiveness of such. I want to eat and I want to eat a lot. <laughs> I like food and I want to eat. I want to expand. I want to feel immersed in it, especially in the 12th house. Like and I just love it. Spiritual I but you're also so building a garden. You're yeah. also building a garden. So how Torian yeah, and freaking Virgoan yes. is that? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. But that, but that required a little bit of a discipline too. But that's the other thing yeah. that I want to revert back to now too, is the fact that it's like, well, one Jupiter's retrograde in my chart too. But, but the thing is it's Jupiter's in the deacon of, um, of, of, of Mercury. And so is my Saturn and Aquarius is in the Deacon of Mercury too, as well. So it's like I communicated it before and stuff like that too, but there's just has there's there was the sense of like um, skating around it and being also very Taurian and lazy in nature about it as well too. Um, but all right, besides that though, besides that though is another thing that I've seen is obviously the Sun Square. Chiron, Chiron being in the deacon of 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 the sun as well, and being in Leo, the rulership of the sun, and then also my son, you know, that's my son in Taurus as well, being in the deacon of the home sign of Venus as well. So too is that I have this very valued nature in wanting to come, um, 
romanticize with romanticize the comfortability of self romanticize the comfortability of of knowing my own comforts as well and stuff too but i also feel like with a lot of my mutable energy a lot of my mercurial energy is that i don't know what to be comfortable with sometimes like i don't know if what i'm comfortable with is good for me you know i need that sort of analyst too and that also has a lot to do i feel like for me i feel like and you can tell me if i'm wrong is i feel like that has a lot to do with my investment and um also the distrust because of my uh moon and pisces as well because of the overindulgence aspect especially with jupiter in the 12th house of pisces and you know in that sort of sense and like this overindulgence you know not trusting myself in that way especially with past experiences too um but the nodal i feel like for me tells me that it's like it's like you can indulge with them if it has some sort of if it has some sort of like um nourishment and nurturing towards your roots and your lineage and your family and stuff like that too but it needs to be with more so of last, less on the coddling side and less on the 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 suckling at the teat and more so at the being at the head of the family being the leader being the one pulling the rope and stuff like that and i think that comes into question a lot with chiron being in the 11th house being in leo as well but also this saturnian way of me it's it's different my saturnian sense is um very different it wants more so of an authority through creation and being able to do things differently than maybe what was originally programmed and stuff too especially with all that you know that my fourth house capricornian energy that's in there as well um and i think palace is in there right yep yeah so that's too um yeah i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah i think that i think that that really does sum it up i mean we're you know solar we, i think we got the solar energy pretty down pat i mean i think the main the main thing would be the trine and all of that and how to use that and chiron and leo being you know being ruled by the sun it's answering to the sun so by you merging with the right people and and gaining the right resources and and, and investing in others um, and, and the shared things, you're going to find the, the proper network of people to be in to express and heal that Leo energy to heal that sun. So it's the, the, the Chiron is answering to the sun. Um, what makes it ironic is that it's square. So it's, it's forceful, right? It's, it's going to be put in your face and all that. And you've always said, you know, like you've, t you've told me at times just back in high school to, to be a part of a friend group has always ha had that like awkwardness or it's like, are these my people, you know? And that's, mm -hmm. that's probably it. But yep. by you knowing thyself, by you knowing that solar energy, by you going into your black sun and going into the higher and transmuting that into the higher energies of Taurus, by you working on self and, and knowing who to merge with, and then also then building an inner structure, uh, having an inner, having the authority on the outside through building the inner authority of the eighth house and having the right people around to help you do that. And then allowing your spirituality to be the kind of like the, the, um, you know, by you kind of like getting into the more meditational and surrender based type of consciousness that that's going to help you then build both. Um, it's, it's all feeding one another.
right? So it's like whenever one thing isn't kind of like off, you could always revert back to honestly, if I, if I just to give you some of the best advice, I would say anytime you're feeling like a fucking piece of shit or that you can't get shit going, you go into that Jupiter and jump into meditation and you'll be just fine. Hmm. It's, and and it's so crazy because stillness. I feel like there's always see my uh, and that, so you know what that stillness I think I need to come to terms with an acceptance because yes, of the fact too is that my seventh house Aries energy especially Mercury and Venus I right, was just about to say that is not is a simple task for you to, to find that something. stillness it's, not. it's telling me naturally to do Virgo does do not anything. very easily let the mind quiet and you've got yeah. Jupiter got in the deacon Mars. of Mercury yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so your mind wanting to shut up you need to have yeah, a practice Jupiter, in that self Jupiter is answering to Mercury and Aries so thousand yeah. percent and yeah. I have also, that weird imbalance with with my rising of you what do. I'm on the outside, and that's your chart with, ruler. I forgot with my yeah. with my Mars. All right, you know, yeah, yeah. Mercury's your chart ruler so, in Aries. I want to revert to the Aryan type energy and with with my merc- mercurial energy, but I guess that's just not, not what it's okay. I'm supposed to do. I'll let my progressed Aries energy just like on all of you guys because i have so much Mm. of it right now it's why i can't freaking sleep right now um Mm. side note i just realized we're all venus and aries people Mm -hmm. oh my goodness all three of us Mm -hmm. so we've all got that spunk in our heart space you know passionate passionate passionate. smack myself with my book we like to be on the prowl and we like to go be the uh you know we like to be the 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 chase we we're the oh chaser God. we don't like to be chased we like to Do you know how awkward that was for me what back in the day before i had any game i was the most awkward oh i got oh, myself oh, into so you don't much even shit. get dude I, you don't get well you get it but like i have saturn partile square with that in capricorn so i can't even go on the chase until my structure until i've achieved something so i know my values and i'm living my values and they've become concrete earth i don't even like to go chase and that's a part, there's a part of me that wants to play that game all the time, that Aryan game of, you know, that, that Venus like that. And to be honest with you, in other ways, that's why I love a lot of war movies or war shows to, to attack on Titan, right? And all the mm-hmm. uh, anime that I like, which is death and brutal, whatever. And it's all that because that Venusian energy is like, oh, yeah, like that's the part of me. I love that whole warlike thing. And that's how I am yeah, in my dude. relationships as well. Yeah. My favorite so- show, my favorite show literally is Band of Brothers. Bro, seventh house, airy shit right there. Band of Brothers, it's all about World War II and about the guy next to you and shit like that. Um, Venus, can, Mercury. You, Wait, real quick. Uh, about I would say, whole- well, the, I, that's a lot of your sun in Taurus and a lot of your south node in Cancer appreciating True. origins in the past, too. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But another thing that was funny, you were saying about the whole like the chase and when we were talking about Venus and stuff like that. Dude, I'm just realizing this now. Venus and the deacon of Jupiter in Aries. And I'm just like, oh, I always like to go after the big fish. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we're only, uh, I think we're only a degree apart on that. Like, I literally <laughs> like to go outside of my league on, like, I can't not enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like and I have nice. Ju- and I have Jupiter in Cancer too, so I also do like the Cancerian mm-hmm. over the top. That's why I do. It's why I dated Nicole. And for guess three what? Years. Yeah. You got the luck. Oh you yeah, you could do right. It just happens. You've got yeah. the luck. You've got the luck. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, have, I have. Yeah, go ahead. Go let's ahead. not forget. I've got the Cardinal Grand Cross with Venus and Aries <laughs> conjunct my MC right at the freaking apex of it. So no matter what I do when it comes to love, it's always met with some kind of resistance that I've just had to learn how to find balance <laughs> within. So 
I've, I've gotten myself into a lot of trouble. I've had a lot of fun, but I've also had some of the best times in relationships ever. Mm -hmm. But the weird thing about having Venus in my 10th house conjunct my MC, hilarious. I have had so many people from long distances, um, like just through social media, like I've had long distance relationships, people literally being like, I've liked you for so long. Like, can I please go out with you? And I'm just like, you live in like a different continent. Like a lot of like people from overseas, like wanting to try, like, this is like years ago. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Like oh, I did a long distance relationship in Boston, like all these different things. I met my man, like the one I have right now on vacation away from home. Um, and it was just like really oh, long distance Jupiter. And it's opposing. The it's valuable, literally in the process. The valuable too. experiences too. Yeah. But so Jupiter funny. being Sagittarius, being other All of you it. know. Uh, yeah, I got I got married when I was twenty six to a girl that's Russian. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, we have so, so many stories. We that would be fun. It's okay. I've well, gonna be a lot more than transform oh, the, yeah, too. And that's what I'm saying. So I, I think when we get to Venus, it'll be fun. We'll all have the same Venus sign yeah. to talk about in depth. It'll be fun. <laughs> Well, we just hit basically the three hour mark. So I think we can call it there. If there's anything oh, yeah. else you guys want to want to add, I, I uh, personally, I can't wait. And I think it'll be its own thing. I can't wait to get yeah. more of the biblical stuff, but I, oh, I would say it. here, here, I think we've, we, we've, we've done very well. This was very fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the thing, like the whole, the whole uh, understanding. I mean, I guess there's a lot of people that might not understand the whole biblical reference of the sun and its movements astro astrotheologically and stuff like that too that's why it's but, its own thing yeah yeah that's something that's something to look into that's so easy to find and stuff too and then you could really apply what we've been talking about with that and stuff too just look, look at the sun astrotheology and stuff we'll go look up santa spinacci stuff oh like, yeah it's that's bill pretty donahue. basic and stuff yeah. and bill yeah bill donahue fuck it bill donahue he'll give you that oh uh, there's nobody um, better there's nobody better than bill donahue yeah. and he, and i found out that donahue's irish so and I know that you guys are the big Italianos, but I got, I'm half Irish, which is where I get my. Bro, I always said I was like the other thing, bro. You, you know, I have my next trip to Europe is Scotland. I know that's not Irish. I, but... I know, I know, but they're they're always kind of exed in with one another. But yeah, no, oh, it's that I same area. Scotland. It's that it's that whole area that that I I I can't wait to go see all that stuff. I do I'm... the greatest Scottish accent too. <laughs> yeah, I, and I I think I have similar love for both roots. Like I am around the Italians all of the time. I never get to see my Irish side, but that's where I got a lot of my. Um, it's funny that might be my my South Node Leo, all that whatever. Like because my my grandfather was a Grammy winning jazz guitar player, and, and yeah, and he and that whole side was my musical side, which is Leo, right? Arts. So um, and I don't see them much, right? So. Uh, but yeah, the, the Irish, the Irish thing, Donahue. Yeah, go Irish. Mm. <laughs> I think we should Irish. do a whole other episode, not only fa on family ancestry, but even like astrocartography and like understanding Ooh, your yes. energetics around the world. Sure. Because that's a whole other can of worms I've been yeah. exploring. And like, since I moved up to New Liskard, which is 600 kilometers away from my hometown where I was born. Well, if you actually generate your chart and put the town you're, or area you're living in. I mean, your chart stays the same, but your ascendant slightly shifts. And it's funny because here I'm a one degree Leo rising. Okay. And since I came here, my appearance has shifted. I'm a lot more confident. I'm, I'm performing on. Okay. I literally like put on shows on karaoke nights. This is the first time in a long time I'm not doing it. And I have people messaging me being like, where are you? And I'm like, 
go away. So it's funny because like never would I ever have done this in Hamilton. I would have been like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not good enough. And here I am like, I'm a superstar. Never used to be that person. <laughs> but it's also this like crazy Aries energy fire. That's why I'm not sleeping. I literally like haven't had proper sleep in like two weeks. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, indulging in it. Uh, I've learned at night, I've learned to tap into my moon and cancer and suck on my thumb and just turn everything off and just sit in my, my sit in my, my crib. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I've actually learned to defeat a lot of my airy energy. I actually use pink noise to sleep. Um, and oh, I, what I, I use pink noise. I, and uh, by the way, both of you guys check out healing vibrations on YouTube. It's a guy who does uh, singing bowls. Um, I've, so the, what I do is okay. I take my phone, I, I put the pink noise on pretty good volume and then i throw healing vibrations on and he has a few that's for sleep but for healing and whatever and you put it on just the right volume and you just shut everything out you drift and i and i'm one i'm i geo knows i've been the most mm -hmm. i've had the most fucked up circadian rhythm like i write prog metal like i use a lot of crazy time signatures my brain is a crazy fucking prog song you know like i'm all over the place that shit i t i totally learned how to tune everything out I, and i actually even got a sleep mask you know, there's my Venus and uh, or my Mercury Taurus, right? Calm the mind, <laughs> calm the mind with the Taurian sleep mask. I do but, uh, have a mask next to my bed, but I also have this over here because my head's always going. So it's like I need that. I, I highly recommend Healing Vibrations on YouTube. It's a guy with singing bowls. You can't miss it. And, and literally, the, that's what's happening tonight. One thousand percent. Oh, I, I, if, like, I highly recommend it. I'm very I just excited. have old man energy, and then if I really want to, I just. You really are a vecchio. Yeah, You're Gio, like a full Gio, just get, Gio just gets out the cookies and crackers. Bro, and just... exactly. That's it. That's it. As soon as I, as soon as I put a little something in my mouth and I eat, that's all it bit, takes. You put the bull to sleep by feeding him. That's get, all you, that's all you need to do. Because after I eat, I sit there and I'm like watching something, and I would be full of energy. All of a sudden, next thing you know, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Well, all right. I think we can call it on that note. We got to bounce this uh, this this video yeah. down. Aww. I got to I got to give my computer Ew. away for two hours, which is okay. I'm actually I think I'm hitting the sack. But um, right. we're getting to the next one. Too. Uh, Amanda, we do hope that you return. That this I will be back. And, and for the listeners, I think the more and more you you tune in, you'll especially if you already know astrology out there, it's fun to listen to even if you got it. And if you don't, that's where we're trying to bring kind of both ends in on top of philosophy on theology and mythology and and just be more encompassing with the yeah. whole subject instead of just cookie cutter like i don't we want to be part of any com specific community we want to and we want to bring it all and so that's yeah. the goal here oh yeah awesome and hey if any of you viewers also want to comment on anything or have any questions or anything we want to you touch upon for the next time we all come together even just geo and ray on a different episode please like mm -hmm. let's start a conversation mm -hmm. around this you know this is not cookie cutter astrology like we've said a million times all, all right. right okay yeah Capiche. leave a comment make you leave know hit that like hit that like button if you leave a yeah. comment and stuff like that and it's something more you know in the lines of uh, something to more break down to kind of how we were doing, we'll yep. address it in the next video. Trust me, we'll see it. So, and don't forget, like don't mm -hmm. forget to hit up Amanda for an astrology reading too. Yes, definitely. Soon, yes. me and Geo, but Amanda, you can you can have him for now. We'll get yeah. there. Sounds good. <laughs> Eventually, we'll yes, it'll be like a collective. Like we are the astrology mm -hmm. collective here. Go to us for the different things. In yes. Intrinsic astrology. Intrinsic mm -hmm. astrology. I don't know where that accent came from, by the way. It just kind of came out mm -hmm. ever since you had a Russian ex-wife. I don't know. I just like naturally just like, oh, yes. Anyway, what, what a story that could be. Uh, we can talk about that off air. That too. is that that oh, needs yeah. a chart breakdown on its own. That oh, does. dude, dude, we're we're a match, by the way. Me and her. 
It's crazy. She's a Sag <laughs> rising. She got, she's born, she's older than I am. She's September. She's a Virgo. Um, born September 2nd, I think. Um, but, uh, 1989, but she, her charts, yeah. Sag rising, Jupiter, cancer, moon and Libra. So we're our moon square. I'm familiar with 89 baby charts. Very interesting year for those people. Holy smokes. Oh, I'm, I, so. yeah, I got a bunch of them texting me right now. <laughs> all, my, all my all my buddies that are a year older than I am, including my cousin. Um, but anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the hit the yeah. button. Here. We're good. Yeah. Um, until next time, I yeah. this this was this was like ener- the video. energizing. This was I know I have so much energy right now. I need to like go mm. for a run or something. Like Aries it makes energy. me ready for the next. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for listening. Guys, I'm out. I will talk to you all soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>